Sam Bridges walks to greener grass on Xbox. Kojima has a podcast on Spotify. Do you think that that's why GoDaddy <laughs> changed their uh, theme song? Like their theme song, this damn theme keeping going about the two weeks in a row. Baby. I'm telling you, between Zencaster and Podserve, everything that we give money to for this podcast has been <laughs> pissing me off lately. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Uh, you well, know what? To hell with my joke. I was gonna make a GoDaddy joke, but you know what? Doesn't matter now. Welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, alongside me. One, senior. Uh, Chris Figs. Yep, Chris Figs. Uh, hey, Chris, thanks Hi. for joining me this week. You're um, welcome. This has been a long day, and we're starting later than usual. So for you, audience, and for you, Chris, everyone has to just kind of work with me. I'm going to do my best to be my best at this. <clears throat> so first and foremost, welcome. If you're new to the show, we hope you stick around and enjoy what you end up hearing. We like to start the show off in a time-honored tradition, and that is a very quick and simple check-in on what we've been playing uh, so that you guys can get ideas of what maybe you should play. Um, so, Chris... Bye. Let's start this show off, buddy. What have you been playing? Let the people know. They're uh, asking. Uh, Let them know. In a list, it's been MLV 22, Apex, Roller Drome, and Trails of Cold Steel. Trails of Cold Steel, the uh, JRPG? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I never played any of them, but I remember that they were quite big on Vita. Uh, I mm-hmm. debated trying one out one time. I'm assuming you're playing the PS4 versions? I am. I'm playing the PS4 yeah. version, yeah. It's good. Yeah. I like it so far. <clears throat> I've set myself a challenge. I'm not going to say it on the and? show because everyone's going to laugh at me because it's ridiculous. But I'm, oh, I am I have a challenge now, for myself. Now you know everyone's going to want to know. Everyone is going to want to know. You'll be able to tell by what games I've been playing if I hold to it, so you'll be fine. Okay. Well, we'll everybody keep a like Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass on <laughs> what Chris has been playing and see if we can work together a theory of what's going on here. Uh, yeah. But moving back to games that you've not talked about, Rollerdrome, how is it? Rollerdrome is sick. Really? It's very good, yeah. It's Tony Hawk with guns. It's dope. Yeah, I saw it and I was kind of curious. So is the game online at all? I don't believe so. I think it's a single player. It's a strictly single player game? Yeah, score chaser. I would have imagined so strictly because when I was watching, originally you could have told me that 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 would be a game that you could play single player or they'd have online and I could still see that working out. Uh, But whenever I was watching gameplay and they were like slowing down time at certain things, I was like, there's no way they're pulling that off online servers. So it's either the game doesn't have online or the online version doesn't work that way. But I got you. Well, I mean, I, the, what I don't remember is if there's leaderboards, and I wish there were. That would be a cool way to implement online in it. But I don't know. It's just a great game. It was one of those well, I played the trial. Uh, go ahead. Go. Uh, it, I was just going to confirm that this is from the people that made Ollie Ollie, correct? Yeah, Roll7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe they're an Embracer studio now. I'm not entirely sure, but I wouldn't be surprised <sighs> they own everyone. I can't remember. Uh, did 2K not buy them Whenever, as part of Private Division? You're right. It is 2K. Yeah, and it I think is, this yeah. is their private division game, correct? Yeah. Yep. This is okay. maybe their yeah. first one. But yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I think I, it may have been Ali Ali World, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I played the uh, I played the trial, 
and the trial was broken. I don't know if you heard about that, but it was only showing 35 minutes. So I played it for 35 minutes and I like finished and I was like, this is really great. I'll get back to it eventually. And then I looked at the store page and it was, they were selling it for 20, but it's full price 40. I was like, well, I might as well, if I'm going to play it, it's probably the cheapest I'll get it for a while. So was that like a PS plus launch discount? Maybe. Yeah, it was. It was. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I I tend to do that for any game that I think I like, just because why not get it for cheaper while you can. Um, right. But yeah, you know, going back to the uh, to the fact that the trial was broken, it's really unfortunate that Sony has had a lot of issues with store related things between cross play, cross buy, uh, PS Plus, both before and after the revamp, uh, and this trial is part of that and i was actually looking the other day and i think i'm gonna go down because i already had ps now and ps uh, plus for 30 dollars and 30 dollars because of my uh uh playstation reward stuff and that comes with my credit card but um it automatically transitioned to premium uh because of that and my renewal date is coming and I don't know that I want to stay premium because so far I've had absolutely there's not a, a big enough title or enough titles in general that make me want to play any of the classic games. I don't think that they've done enough to the classic library for that to be a really considered a boon of premium. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to see a game besides Rollerdrome that I wanted to use the um, trials on and then the first trial that of, of the first game that has a trial I'd be willing to do the trials broken right out of the gate uh, and I hope it's been fixed by now I would assume that maybe it has but I just so. don't get why they've had so many issues and it makes me think that for the extra however much dollars a year because I always pay yearly I don't know that I really care about premium I'm really debating between which one I should stay with um, because I've hardly been playing my PS5 anyway. So I'm just kind of in that weird area between. But Yeah. Um, I want to say, because it was one of those things where like I wasn't really thinking if I was going to continue it. And then I opened up my bank account and there was a $120 PlayStation charge there. So I have it for a year. Um well, see, that's the thing is it's the same price I was already paying. So part of me just thinks I should keep it anyway. Well, well it's I, not the same price because it's not been made clear whether or not I get half off of this like I did original PS Plus as part of my card rewards. But true. that's uh, that's just a mess right now. Me and uh, Ryan, one of the listeners who I know also uses the uh, PlayStation card, we were having a conversation because the, the rewards points that are tied to that have been fucked for at least three months. I, yeah. I haven't gotten any of my reward points since June, and I emailed them about it, like what's going on, and uh, yeah, they did some kind of update on the 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 card holder side because you know it's not Sony; it's a financial institution, yeah. and it's just it's been hell, and it's not working correctly. They're going to give everybody whenever they get it working back points that are going to be what they would have gotten. So I'll get like a big lump sum, but it's just, it's a mess. Gotcha. So I don't know if it's ever, I don't know if it was intended to be communicated that there's still some benefit for PS plus. If you are a PlayStation card or Sony card holder or not, I guess I'll find out eventually. Yeah. One day you'll know. Um, well, it yeah. hits your credit statement as like a as a credit. So like you right. pay the sixty and then you get credited thirty dollars. 
Oh, gotcha. I don't know if that's still going to be the case. I doubt that they're going to. You, I don't know. Do you pay one twenty and they credit sixty? Do you pay one twenty seems... and they credit thirty? Because if it's ninety bucks, oh, okay, I'll keep right. it. <laughs> it's not bad. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't think the service is bad. I just don't necessarily use it that much. Like I don't know. I think that that's the other side. Regardless of the quality of it, I've yet to find much use for it. So for me, the value proposition for me alone. It's one of those things where if, if, if I used it just enough, which you could argue is, a, a, is an issue with the service of itself, but if I used it just enough to be able to forget about the fact that it's renewing, basically, as I always have done, I've always thought PS Plus and even PS Now, I used just enough to where when it came time to renew, I, the thought never crossed my mind of should I keep this or not, you know? Yeah, and you're having that. Well, I mean... If- the thing is, like, I don't know that you are, and what's the worst thing that happens? You just use mine, like, oh, whatever. But <laughs> I don't even, I don't know if it even works that way. <laughs> you know, uh, I assume it does, but who knows? Point being, I may or may not keep it, but uh, I'm glad you like Enroller Drum. I, I think I want to try it out. It is actually a little saddening that it's not t- multiplayer of some sort because it seems like an experience I'd be rich with multiplayer. Hey, yeah, I, I would like a score chase mode on it. I would really like that. Everybody podcast cat is here. So, uh, well, to yeah, me, man. I don't even know exactly how it'd work because I know it's not as trick focused, but I think it'd be kind of cool if they had stages set up to where you essentially played the equivalent of skate, but with guns and rollerblades instead. So where you have to try and match somebody's run. That would be kind of neat. I would try that. I would it's too. Fun. I mean, it, I, it, I it may be conceptually it. good and in practice bad, but <clears> it sounds cool. But, okay. okay, I would tell you to give it a shot, but that's it. The usual um, MLB. I'm getting. I have one card away from completing the collection. Uh, I've been getting pretty good at that game. I I, I uh, ra- railed off five battle royale wins in a row, which is like no skill based matchmaking. You play who you play, kind of thing. So you can play the best player in the world, or the worst player in the world. Um, so that was fun. I've never had a run that good, so. I was happy with you that. You said on and MLB? Then, yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Also, mm-hmm. I noticed that you strategically left Fortnite out, but you've been playing Fortnite because I've seen oh, it yeah. on your Discord. That's true. I have been playing Fortnite. I kind of forgot. I uh, have been running around. strictly for the fact that yeah, I've been running around as Goku. Goku. 100%. Um, now I'm just waiting I to get my Luffy skin. Um. Oh, yeah. Has, did you not have it yet? It's not out on it, on, on it yet. I don't think there's oh. one in, in Fortnite. If there is, I oh, I'm sorry. You're saying Apex got it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, right? Apex has like an homage skin to Luffy. It's gotcha. a good skin. Um, but yeah, Fortnite's fun. I just don't like the building. You know, it was one of those things where I was playing last night. I'm playing it on PC because I actually forgot it showed on my Discord. I didn't want anyone to know I was playing Fortnite, and <laughs> so I didn't download it on PS5. But. Um, it's good. It's just like uh, you get into a groove where you're like, all right, I'm playing really well. And then someone builds, you know, a, a scale model of the Washington Monument and kills you from 500 feet in the air. And it's just not fun. Like, I don't like that part of it. So yeah, the no building know, is there, which is cool. But. What's really telling is that every time I've ever randomly scrolled across like a Facebook, you know, where they're like, well, you like games. Maybe you like Fortnite content. Anytime that I see a Fortnite content, it's always somebody at the very end of the match. The thing is closing, and they're walking on a platform in the middle of the sky. Yep. That's it. I've never seen another piece of content. So first of all, 
I have zero reason to want to watch that content because it's the same every time. And it's not that there's not some impressive aspects going on, but I definitely don't want to play the game. Thanks, Onyx. I appreciate it, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast cat, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> Me and him, he's new to the house relatively, and he's not on my good side right now for a number of reasons, but it involves cat pee. That's all you need to know. Um, all right. Well, converse to all of your playing. I've been playing Kills on Mercenary, um, but I got the platinum, and I have decided... That it is time for a well-deserved break from the game. Um, fun Platinum. I still had a blast doing it, even with the grind. Though I was starting to get very tired of the one mission because it was just like I was trying to maximize the grind. I did yeah. get to a point, though, when I actually got the trophy, I knew I was like 250 kills away. So I just replayed <laughs> the campaign. I just started on mission one, skipped mission four because I played it. 80 times, not really, but hyperbole, and then went through and I got it in like the seventh mission, Blood Money or something. Um, so you you did what I did with Sekiro where I'm like, screw it, I'm just going to beat this over and over again. <laughs> oh yeah, I got the I got the Platinum at 12.05, by the way. I should have already been in bed. I was tired. Uh, I was sitting there and I was like, no, I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. funny. I get the, hey, I get that. My 4 a.m. Platinum's. Um, that's kind of where I was with, uh, MLB last night where I kept winning games. It was like three in the morning. I had to work at 11. I'm like, well, I can't stop. I keep winning. <laughs> so I just kept playing games. <laughs> Got to keep this train rolling, baby. Yeah. Well, it, it was the best I've ever played. I w- it wasn't even like I was winning one to nothing. I was winning like 10 to two, like six to five. Like I was crushing kids. And then so I'm like, wow, I don't know what's going on. I guess my fingers are really hot tonight. So, so I just kept going, and then I lost. Speaking after game of five, uh, so. speaking of your fingers being hot, I had to oh, switch. I may have mentioned this last week. I had to switch back to playing Mercenary on my fat OG Vita because yeah. my hand kept cramping on the slim. And I normally like the slim, depending on what I'm playing, like because uh, it's really lightweight and it's easy to carry around. A little smaller, but. Anytime that you're really moving your thumbs a lot in that console, it has the exact problem I have with the Switch. It's too thin, and my thumb is moving too much, and I'm just like, oh, it starts hurting. So I had to switch back to the fat boy so that I could play without my hand cramping, Um, and that was an interesting thing. Uh, But that I've been telling you for a while. I bought Killzone 2, and I had been sitting there looking like, I don't know when I'm going to play it. I thought I was going to take a break. But I decided, you know what, I'm just going to put it in and replay the opening mission because I've been having a hankering. And that became, never mind, I'm playing the whole game. Uh, (laughs) So I just got off the train sequence uh, last night whenever I last played. I did the train sequence, which is super cool. And I'm going to keep playing it. I'm not going to talk too much more about it on here. The only thing I will say is if you have not played Killzone 2 and you have the means to do it, I'm going to probably suggest preferably not through PlayStation Plus streaming no i can't say for sure but i know chris played it and it didn't work right but awful dude that is a special game i don't know how to describe it other than that i think that that game is a once in a generation game i love killzone 3 and i think it's a great game but there's something about killzone 2 that's just got this spunk to it where you could tell it's a game where they had ridiculous expectations thrown onto them by that Sony executive um, Phil, whatever I think his name was Spencer. Anyway, Spencer, uh, not Spencer, but coming out on, you know, E3 2005 and saying that that 
clearly, obviously, CGI showcase was gameplay. Um, I think that they were a team with a set out to try their best to meet and exceed that goal where possible. And I think that they did meet that goal in most ways and exceed that goal in some ways as well. But that game is just sick. I think it holds up so well. It looks great. Character models are the biggest flaw. They still look good. But when you're not like looking directly at someone and you're just shooting, you're aiming down the barrels and capping out on a Hellgast who's fully covered, which looks a lot better than having to deal with the skin, um, I think that game looks phenomenal still. I think there's so much small detail and being able to shoot open trash bags and look at the trash that the Helgens have. I think <laughs> that game feels like I'm really pushing through a city that was lived in. And I don't know. There's something, there's an emotion that that game evokes with how it's also a tough as nails game. The game is <clears> way <throat> harder hard. than most shooter games. <laughs> it's and hard. The, I mean, it's a great game though. I'm, I'm having an absolute blast and I still... I think that the uh, the motion controls for that game, I still think, sell perfectly. I thought they worked well in Killzone Mercenary. I think setting a charge and doing your fingers to slide around and set the charge to pull back feels right. And it feels right in that game. I yeah. even like the idea of going to the valves and turning them with uh, holding L1 and R1 and spinning the controller. It's a little fumbly because it's PlayStation 3 6 assets. I think a DualSense version of that would work even better and be a lot smoother. But across the board, I think that game is just so good. And it's it holds up in my memory. I have not played that game since it came out. And I remember it so well, and it holds up to memory exactly. Uh, but mm-hmm. one thing I did realize while doing that is I've been playing my PS3. Uh, but when I, when I played um, Wolverine, right, I played it with my DualSense because it's fully supported. Not all games are. Killzone's not. Um, so I had to use my DualShock 3. And I used it the other day for MotorStorm, right, last week. No issue. But MotorStorm is almost entirely on the face buttons, so I didn't think anything of it. Uh, Well, when it came time to start trying to run in this game and clicking in the (laughs) left analog stick, I kept having the controller do inputs I wasn't doing. So, like, I'd click in the analog stick to run, and I would jump. And then I would, like, knife swipe somebody. And I was like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) And it turns out that the DualShock 3 has got a little piece of foam that pushes pressure up against a ribbon. And over the years, the more you play, the more that foam starts to be compressed. And so it doesn't get good contact <clears> from the <throat> ribbon. And it thinks you're hitting things that you're not hitting. So I had to take my DualShock 3 apart, which was a good idea because it's a white one. And it was dirty. So I cleaned the hell out of it. It looks like a brand new controller now. Nice. Uh, but I had to take, uh, I have some professional painter's tape. It's like vinyl material and I cut it to the size of that foam, stacked three of them high and put it on top of the foam and, and it works perfectly now. But uh, it was a it was a process. It was very interesting. So Sounds cool. I'm glad it's clean. I'm glad it's all working. Oh dude, I spent, this is, I, it goes to show you that you get wrapped up in nostalgia bubbles occasionally. I spent like an hour and a half yesterday creating and like making the perfect combination of theme icons and music and everything. And I basically was like, I have this PS3 and I forgot that I, I still didn't have a theme on that one at all. It's my original PlayStation. At some point I had switched over to this super slim where I have like my kingdom hearts themes and all that. Uh, and so I spent an hour and a half looking for the perfect backgrounds and the perfect pack for like the symbols. And my <laughs> wife was just like, why are you spending so much time on this? I was like, I guess just because I can. And I missed that you could do that. I made a yeah. near automata. I know you hate it, but I made a near automata theme uh, and have it playing the little 
do 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 very pretty little mm-hmm. piano thing from near uh on the menu when you're just sitting there so it's a it's a cool theme i like it aonix sit down um everybody's gonna podcat. deal with my cat speak in this okay it's podcat um but yeah i had a good time with that uh, anyway Old school RuneScape, still on that. Uh, and I got back to in between Killzone 2 sessions playing Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth more. And it's still good. Is it still good? It's still I, good. I have it on my Vita. I want to play it, but I kind of feel like if I'm going to play a JRPG on my Vita, it should be Tales or Persona. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. You got Tales of Hearts R, don't you? I don't have it yet, but uh, it's only 30 bucks. I might just buy it at some point. Even though I said that was a ridiculous price for a Vita game at, in 2022, still might buy it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're not wrong. Unreasonable to be that expensive. <clears throat> yeah. I'm always, Cyber Sleuth is good. I'm having a great time with it. I'm glad I'm back to it. Nice. Um, I'm also glad I got a little bit of a break from it, though. Like, in it coming back to it wasn't that weird feeling of like I haven't been playing the game. I think it's the perfect type of game to step away from and you come back without that skill lag. Like part of the reason I didn't want to stop playing Killzone because I could have gotten the platinum down the line, but I was already in the zone. I was like, I'm doing well at Killzone. I might as well keep going even though all the online trophies are done and just get everything done. I'm glad I did because I think it would have been harder for me to have to pick the game back up down the road to do that. So Yeah, I would agree. I did look, though, because I have some of the online trophies for Killzone 2. I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if I got lucky enough to have all the online trophies? I didn't. <laughs> I don't. That would be wildly impressive, though. I'd be like, oh, shit. You know, you know why it would be wildly impressive? Because Killzone 2 was way harder online than I think any online game I've ever played in my life. It was, but it's very good was. online. I played a lot of it that was. As, a, as a youngin. But one of the trophies is 50 wins. And the other one is to get the top commander ranking on it. And that means that you were constantly winning. And I was never that good at that game. It's like top 1% of the world in the week. That's why the platinum is so rare. (laughs) Yeah, the Killzone Mercenary Plat, I think, is 1.04 or something like that. Yeah. No, I think it might have been 4. Either way, it's a pretty rare plat. Um. I know that No Fate uh, had reached out and asked, like, you know, I know that you do. Uh, he's like, I know that you've dedicated to getting the Killzone Mercenary Plat uh, before the servers shut down. And he asked if there's any other games I'd ever done it on. And the only other game, ironically, was another Vita game. And it was my rarest platinum, Mod Nation Racers Road Trip. Uh, but I thought that that'd be kind of a fun question to ask you, Chris, because I don't know the answer. But have you ever... I know you tried with Mercenary, but besides Mercenary, have you ever gone to a game when the servers were closing and gotten the plat? I have not, no. Yeah. And I've never really wanted to. The only one I regret not doing is uh, Max Payne 3, because that game's incredible. Max Payne 3 is incredible. Such a good game. Yeah, I <laughs> I know that that's like probably the hot take a little bit, and I'm not even trying to hate on any other Rockstar games, but I think of the PlayStation 3, Max Payne 3 is the best game from Rockstar. I, I don't think inherently that's a hot disagree take. with you. No, I don't. But disagree I love with that you. game. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, um, it has things about it. I'll say that. Yeah, you know, part of the reason I think I like it more is it's not trying to be an open world game. Right. It's also and I think that that's what dark. makes it great. It's just yeah, dark. It 
Yeah. I, actually, dude, the multiplayer for Max Payne 3 was also very fun. I played the it hell out of fun. that for yeah. like three months when it first came out. If I'd realized it was closing, I would have I would have bought it and played it again. And yeah, just, like, went for I guess it, that's a good to way see. to open it up. In thinking through is oh, by the way, Chris. Hi. Resistance burning skies. Do you oh, still God, need that yeah. trophy? I do still need that I own trophy. it. I made sure I went through and owned. Also, I do for sure own Two Worlds 2 Game of the Year Edition. I just wanted you to know that. Okay. I'm still down. I went through my download point. list on my PS3 and uh, realized I own a lot of games. And I own, I own a lot of Vita games that I didn't even <laughs> yeah. realize I owned. Uh, I'm pretty sure I own Rayman Origins, which is the best Rayman game. So Yeah, it's good. Um. Anyway, I guess we can move along. Uh, we have a very Download odd it. community's take this week. Download what? Resistance Burning Skies. I will do so. Thank you. Make sure you remind me in case I don't after the show, but I, I'll do so. No issue at all. Um, do you have the online pass for it? <laughs> no. You remember that's a game that had an online pass? It says I have to buy it? Yeah. What? Yeah. But how? I have a digital version. So how could I have to buy the online? Pass? Oh no! If you if you bought the game digital, you shouldn't have to buy it. Okay, because that would be pretty insane. Yeah, <laughs> I have the online pass because I originally bought it physical, but then I got it for free digital. I'm pretty sure as part yeah. of PS Plus. So I'm good either way. <laughs> but <laughs> covered. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, the uh, community's take this week was, of course, born from the absolute off-the-rails uh, ending of last week's episode. So thank you if you listened through that and enjoyed it. Uh, let us know if that's the kind of content you'd be okay with us sometimes slipping in when there's, excuse me, slow news weeks or whatever, as we do I'm, with this community's take in general. I maintain that I propose the best way to kill baby Hitler. Anyway. Well, I love, the, I love the story we got of... <laughs> describing like what are you listening to (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go find it hold on was it in the uh was it in main chat it was over on discord that's what i thought if you want to join Uh, our discord you can find that on facebook and in the podcast description correct that's right always there i'm so good at my job you're getting just a little bit better a little bit chris you're just you're, you're really coming into this uh hosting role like you've oh, never yeah. done before. What can I say? I love coming. I mean, I, you know, you got to call a spade a spade sometimes. <laughs> uh, all right, here we are. It's a sin to win. One of our patrons says, true story. Wife and I had to run errands this morning. And as we're driving, I turn on your latest podcast. She has no clue who y'all are or what y'all talk about. So we're listening. And next thing I know, Chris starts talking about killing baby Hitler. What the fuck do you listen to? The wife asks. They're cool. They'll get back on video games in a second. Then Chris proceeds to do a walkthrough on how to hitman style kill a baby. Too long yeah. didn't read. Wife's a huge fan of the show. Listen, That's a glowing endorsement if I've ever heard one. It is a glowing endorsement. And what I really appreciate about that comment is that he somehow was able to make that back into a video game thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 100%. You it gotta was find definitely a, way to tie a hitman together. walkthrough. But I appreciate that. Now uh, we can say that no, no topic we talk about is not somehow video game related. Killing Baby exactly. Hitler, video game related. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's a will, there's yeah. a way. Um, 
All right. So with that in mind, we did kind of take out and ask you guys how you felt about the community's take. And a lot of the reason I did that, uh, we kind of reached out and asked what you thought about there being the occasional community's take that isn't about games. Uh, And I wanted to get the community's feedback specifically because this is the part of the show that we kind of turn the show over to you guys. Yes, it's us reading things, but this is meant to be the part of the show where you guys inject your will into the show to some degree. Uh, And so I wanted to make sure that that we took your opinions into mind. Now, the rest of the show is ultimately for Chris and I to decide what we want to do. I love the idea of striking a balance between what we've always been and also how me and Chris naturally are, where we're a little, we're far more unbuttoned than we were prior. I don't know what it (laughs) is about Chris and I. It's just, it's how it ends up working out. Um, so thank you for being patient with that if, uh, if that's something that you have to be adjusting to. But it seems like everybody's having a good time with it. So with that said, the community's take this week uh, was simple. It was in relation to food. And I did find a way to pull it back to games a little. So give us your hottest food takes. Combinations you think are nasty. Combinations you find delicious. Or let us know what video game foods you wish you could try. So... Before you start, I have been instructed to not look at the document after Brett started putting in the community's take. So everything in here is live reactions because I also didn't read Discord. No offense, everybody. That is true, and that is on purpose because some of you guys... I'm going to tell you, one made me almost throw up reading Do you think I'm going to be mad at some of the things? (laughs) Not really, because listen... It was one of those things where my stomach slightly turned. That's all. But it, it was enough. Like the vision of it definitely made me think like, man, if I was somebody who had <laughs> issues, then I might. But no, I'm not that. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. But they, look, you give your own opinion. Also, I'm learning that there's cultural differences that we're going to have to look some of these things up in real time, Chris. We're going to have a learning experience together. Okay. Uh, so look, first thing, going to start off with a real tame one that I agree with. Just going to come out of the gate and say that. Josh, Josh Farmier, I think it's how you say his name, Farmier maybe, uh, over on Facebook, he says grilled cheese sandwich dipped in tomato so- soup is delicious. No arguments. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about that. It's facts. Now, I have a slight twist on that. It's not really a twist, but it's, um, it's like the same idea, but a little different. Here we go. My wife thinks I'm weird, but I love grilled cheese dipped in ketchup. Yeah, it's weird. It's still tomato, but I like that the, you know, the cheese is kind of rich and the toast is there, and then that kind of brings in that little zing of the vinegar. I, I like it. I don't know, And man. it's not too far off from tomato soup. Look, hey, if you don't like that, it, that's fair, but you should yeah, at least that, try it before you knock, on, what knock you it on said, that. Hold on. What you said is the equivalent of being like, yeah, I made banana bread with yellow Starburst. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, hold still, on. You can't make that <laughs> statement. What? What? What do you mean? Because <laughs> it's still. You said it's still tomato, and not really. <laughs> it Bro. is not tomato in the same way tomato soup is. Again, I mean no, but tomato they to, in the but, same way yellow okay. starburst is banana. Bro, yellow starburst isn't even banana. Whatever. I was making a point. <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> now, if you said like if, if you said yellow Laffy Taffy. Okay, yellow fair. Laffy Taffy. I thought it was. That's not what you said, Chris. I have that's a more refined palate than eating Starburst to begin with. Okay. Mike and Ike. Uh, that's that's fighting words right there. Mike and Ike are also true. good. I'm not hating. Starburst is Star- mediocre. Starburst and Skittles. Definitely classic Skittles with the lime. Well, supposedly Skittles can kill you. I don't know if you've heard that recently. They give you cancer. I, you know what they can do? Kill your mouth. 
dude, whenever I was in the seventh grade, <laughs> I know. Whenever I was actually it was eighth grade. Whenever I was in the eighth mouth. grade, my girlfriend of the time got me a big thing of Starburst, a big bag of Skittles, and a Slipknot wallet for Valentine's Day. Great, I enjoyed it. <laughs> romance right? at the best. I'm telling you, peak romance. But listen. I ate that entire bag of Skittles in one day, and for the next three days, the roof of my mouth was gone. Dude, it felt like someone took daggers, little mini daggers, and just cut the roof of my mouth. Have you ever eaten too much Captain Crunch? Which is yes. easy to do because Captain Crunch is delicious. But if you eat too much Captain Crunch, your mouth is destroyed. And it was like that, but way worse. But that's okay. Story for another day. Um, we have the next one, Josh Drago, one of our former patrons. Josh, hope you're doing well. He says, uh, again, turkey spaghetti is the best or turkey pasta. And to that, I say, hey, we tried turkey spaghetti live on air during episode 150, 200, 200. That's what it was. Uh, it was good. I, I, I got a recant. I had bad turkey spaghetti whenever I was in like, Wait, Again, well, hold on. Eight what does turkey grade? spaghetti denote? Like, what does that mean? You put turkey meat instead of ground beef in your spaghetti. You t- you put you know turkey ground turkey. Well, yeah, it's, of course it's good, but it's less good than beef. I agree. Like that's just a fact. Even though I still like, liked it, I agree. I eat now, turkey, turkey spaghetti because it's healthier. Here's the- I don't it's know like my that. mom did this once. It is. Healthier. I mean, I know it's healthier. I know. I'm saying, I, don't, I don't. I think. I, I think I'd be willing to give up the health benefits. One hundred percent. But go my ahead. My mom did this once. She made. Um, oh, it was some kind of like it was. I think it might have been tacos. It was taco pie, and she was. She specifically called them like beef taco pie. So we're coming home. We're like, all right, this is going to be great, and it had turkey. Yeah, and it well, wasn't it's funny bad. To say that was it. But I wasn't turkey expecting that had taco. It. Seasoning on it? Yeah. Yeah. My wife does that every now and then. And I told her, I was like, stop buying it. I don't hate it, but it's like when, I'm, when we make burritos and tacos at home, I want ground beef. <laughs> right. Like, you're if doing. you're consciously being healthy, fine. But don't freaking tell me that I'm having tacos and serve me goddamn turkey. <laughs> also, he says, or turkey pasta. What is turkey What's pasta? Because in my head right now, in my head right now, I'm imagining like chicken Alfredo, but turkey Alfredo, where that's it's just disgusting. like fettuccine with slices of turkey. And that you sounds could, awful. You could convince that me that terrible. like uh, like a Thanksgiving cold pasta might be okay, but n- probably not. Cold pasta? Hold on, back up. Well, no, no, no. Think about it like like I'm thinking of like a, like a pasta salad. You know what I mean? Where you can have like a tuna okay. pasta salad cold. So I'm thinking maybe if you did like, I wouldn't eat this, just to be clear. (laughs) You you did pasta, you did the chunks of chunks of potato, you did turkey, some like turkey meat, like cut that, cut that crap off the carcass kind of turkey meat, not turkey, like ground turkey, because that's just gross. (laughs) You do that, you do some stuffing in there and you mix that all up with some mayo no, it sounds gross. I'm even saying it. It sounds vile. But <laughs> I guess you could. Vile. It, <laughs> but, you know, go ahead. You could, you could convince me that that might be a good meal if somebody, you know, with galaxy brain level cooking figured that out. But 
all I know is that my fettuccine Alfredo with slices of turkey on it sounds disgusting. <laughs> so yeah. In my head, I can't get over that image. Now, it doesn't I sound like a good quick, investor listen, for me. I'm out. If you're listening to the show and you're wondering, hey, this is all great, but are they going to get to games? I promise Gamescom happened. We're going to get into games heavily. We so just you're going to have three to hours work watching through. trailers together. So. Yes, we did. And I'm You'll honestly wait. exhausted from it. So you're just going to have to deal with it. But that's okay. Some very uh, bad games there. So yeah, turkey pasta. You're going to have to get back with me on that, Josh. If, you, if you're just talking turkey spaghetti, fine. I'll concede. That's, that's fine. But if you're telling me you're over here eating like turkey ravioli or turkey lasagna, I don't know, man. I <laughs> do want to be clear about something. Turkey is the worst bird. Far and away th- the worst bird. Like the I fact that we I have agree. it for a have holiday. Have you ever had quail? I have not had quail. Quail is delicious. That's, I'm you sure it is. I'd love to. No. But like why... Is Thanksgiving about turkeys? And I know this is an American topic or whatever, but turkey is vile. It is dry. It's not juicy. It tastes good for two hours. Why couldn't we do this with chicken? Why didn't, why wasn't Colonel Sanders at Plymouth Rock? Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's the quote of the episode, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You are missing some herbs and spices. Yeah. Apparently, Colonel Sanders sounds like Loveless from the Wild Wild West. Oh, I was going to say Shah's <laughs> chef from South Park. Oh, yeah. That actually, that'd be pretty interesting. It would be pretty interesting. Um, but What's yeah, the next I, one? Uh, Turkey's great. It's weird. Turkey can be done right. I've had some absolutely great turkey, but it's far more missed than it is hit. That's what I'll say for, in particular, to Thanksgiving. I'm a big ham dude at Thanksgiving. Ham, ham is delicious. Ham is the best. The thing ham with tur- so good. The, the thing with turkey... And I don't think even people who say they like turkey would would disagree with me. If I was like, hey, do you want to go out for chicken or do you want to go out for turkey? A hundred out of a hundred times it's chicken. You know, living where I do, where people love turkey legs, smoke turkey legs, Yeah, I actually think there's a lot of people down here who might say turkey. As long as you specified I, that it was turkey legs. And I even, I mean, don't run. Hey, listen, I understand. I understand. You're going to tell me smoked drumsticks wouldn't be better? I don't know. I don't really. I, I'm be honest with you. I've never had smoked turkey leg because all the time when they're around here, they're like they're like 15 bucks for a turkey leg. And I don't like turkey enough to roll that dice. That's, I'm t- that's all I'm going to say, baby. The only, I'm too time poor. To eat a, the only time to eat a turkey leg is at a Ren Fair when they're being kind of dicks about the food. That's it. Like If there's, if there's mm-hmm. nothing else because you're trying to be in character, fine, get a turkey leg, but... Someone's going to like revoke my Southern card, which I don't care. I I don't. (laughs) uh, Southern is not like a sense of pride for me, but yeah, I've never had a a turkey leg, a smoked turkey leg. And that's like required eating here. You know, like required reading, but required eating. It's like (laughs) it's part of of how it works. You guys have uh, band dishes down there in the Bible Belt. (laughs) Yeah, you know it. (laughs) Now, here's the the, the real one it's the cream de la creepy, it's the the gut punch. Josh Shoop on Facebook. Long time okay. listener, friend of the show. Check out his podcast if you haven't. It's a conspiracy therapy. Uh, he says, so my wife does this combination that I find to be absolutely vulgar, but she and her mom swear by it. They like to make toast and put peanut butter on it. So far, so good, right? Okay, I was about to say, is that the end? <laughs> no, no, so far, so good. I did that an hour Are you ready? Ago. You ready? Yeah. Then they microwave a can of SpaghettiOs. 
nope, I don't want to hear anymore. I'm good. I'm good. That's fucking vile. Get the fuck out of here. Divorce her. Divorce. Divorce. Are you ready? Yeah. They then take a spoon and spoon bites of the SpaghettiOs onto the peanut butter toast. I think it would only be worse if they were just shoving this peanut butter toast into the SpaghettiOs. <laughs> Like nachos, <laughs> yeah. Eight pieces of toast covered in <laughs> spaghetti, peanut butter, and then like cut to triangles, and then covered in spaghettios, oh. <laughs> Sp- spaghettios, salsa, and parmesan cheese just over the top. <laughs> I'm hamming it up a little bit, but that sounds so gross. Please stop. I'm going to try it one day. All right, so know. look, we, we're going to continue. He says, shit is whack, which Josh, <laughs> tell April, tell April. That's disgusting. <laughs> Dog, she I can like know. what she wants. She can, she can like what she wants. She's a lovely lady. I'm that sure is you're very happy, but that's red flags. If I've ever heard one <laughs> in my life, <laughs> that is oh. a red flag. <laughs> So he says, I can't say too much, though. I make myself liquid diabetes by combining Fago cotton candy soda and sour gummy worms. And I got to tell you right now, that sounds, that sounds better. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds way better. I've never done so, something as heinous as, as what I just heard on this show. I mean, I've done some things. Like the and, most you know, I guess, thing- I guess it's up for someone to judge how bad it is. But I mean, that... The- have you ever eaten something where you're like, oh, no, I, I, I'm I, never not going to be fat, right? Have you ever eaten? You've eaten a food like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, for sure. Like I, yeah. I <laughs> once, and this was with an ex-girlfriend, which makes it way be- way more palatable in my mind. But we went to a Cumberland Farms and they have a, which is like a gas station, I guess, like your Bucky's, except normal for a gas station. No. And they have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's not a supermarket with chopped Speaking of which, I, I have your blueberry yogurt pretzels just sitting here. It might be getting cool enough right now for me to send these without destroying them to you. I'm trying to figure <laughs> that out. Gotcha. Gotcha. But we went there, bought oh, a bag please, of Fritos, Farms, yes. bought a bag of Fritos, opened them up, put some of the um, dispenser chili and put some of the dispenser oh. nacho cheese, shook that shit up, and we just got stoned you know and ate it with spoons. It was delicious. Let me back. Let me back up. I kind of. I look. Realistically, my wife. I, I don't get it all the time. It's not something I do all the time. But every now and then, I'll get gas station hot dogs. My wife's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Listen, gas station gas station hot dogs kind of snap. Like they they they're usually all beef hot dogs. They're way better than the shit that most people buy and have in their fridge at homes." They're slow cooked on that little rotisserie thing, the little roller. I think it, they're good. I, d- I don't have a problem with them. The ones that are hit or miss are like the uh, like the egg roll looking motherfuckers. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I agree there. Some but of like, them are dude, good. Yeah. But I had a steak dude, and cheese the, one that uh, I swear to God was chicken. And I'm like, you just, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Onyx, you crackhead, get down. All right. Um, yeah, no, I I don't know. I've had plenty of them uh, the of uh, the actual gas station hot dogs. Like, dude, the cheddar stuffed ones are delicious. Holy crap! Oh yeah, so good. It's uh, two yeah. for two dollars. What are you whining about? 
Uh, dude, I used to get them all the time at the gas station five blocks up from my house in high school whenever right. I barely had any money. That was like a treat. I was like, you boys eat big tonight. Two gas station hot dude, For dogs. $3 when I was a kid, we would get we would get stoned and drive to Cumbies and we would get like a slushy like this big. Is and Cumbies what get, y'all call Cumberland Farms? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Cumbies. So we'd go there and get those, those giant slushies. It was like 99 cents. Two hot dogs. Easy. Easy. And then sometimes they serve jumbo pretzels. Incredible stuff. That place is a gold mine. But then they took hey, the man. energy slushy away and now it's all sometimes not great. gas station food hits. There's a there's a, a local owned gas station here called Route 67. And they have these things called taco rolls. Okay. That are in. fucking great. They're they're just they look like what you'd expect from like a microwavable burrito in terms of like the outside of them, but the inside is packed with just a shitload, like big globs of incredibly seasoned taco meat and then pockets of that. Like I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like the cheap nacho cheese, but it's way better. It's very thick cheese and it's super, it's not, I don't call it rich, but it's very cheesy in a, in a pleasant way, not in the cheap nacho cheese way. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but there's like a film on the cheese coming out. I understand. Dude, but they're really good and they're cheap as hell. And they also have some random other, like they have a, the, these things called beef tips that people get all the time and bruh they're delicious <laughs> there's a couple of places where you can really knock it out of the park but moving along um, go. I'm gonna try you know what I haven't drank an actual soda in, since April just for you Josh I'm gonna go out and get me a Fago cotton candy and try some sour gummy worms in it that sounds great you, you've inspired me just like I remember, if I'm not mistaken, Josh was one of the people that tried my uh, pizza roll casserole and enjoyed it. So I owe him that much. Um, you got to come up with a better name for that. There's got to, I, I got to figure it out, but it's good. I enjoy it every time I've made it. Uh, Matthew Green, one of our patrons over, he says, uh, Yorkshire pudding wrap. And I'm going to tell you right now, those sound like word salad because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So here we are. I chose not to look it up. And I'm going to figure this out and see if this is a thing that exists already. It looks like it is. The Yorkshire pudding wrap. Can someone just ex- describe to me what it is? What is Yorkshire pudding, first of all? What to serve? Hold on. Hold on. All right. We're going to figure this out. Yorkshire pudding. What is it? Yorkshire pudding is a baked pudding made from a batter of eggs, flour, and milk or water, a common British side dish. It is a versatile food that can be served in numerous ways depending on its ingredients, size, and the accompanying components of the meal. As a first course, it can be served with onion gravy. Okay, this just sounds like like fancy breakfast food stuff wrapped up in a tortilla or some kind of bread. That sounds wonderful. Clearly, I don't actually know what it what it is, but hey, more power to you, man. If I ever end up coming to the UK, which I sure hope uh, is something that ends up happening, I want to go out of the country soon. I was originally going to go to Mexico right when COVID hit; didn't happen. Uh, is this just a toasted like deli wrap? I think so. I mean, that, that sounds, sounds great. Dope. It seems like a pretentious <laughs> name to say roast beef sandwich, but I dig. 
I mean, hey, who knows? We'll, we'll have to find out one of these days. This is the one I'm looking uh, at is all like roast beef. This looks good. I would make yeah. this. Yeah, does look good. All right, over on Twitter, no fate, Mr. Sean, one of our patrons, he says, I once made, and this is another cultural moment for us, he says, I once made a lasagna, but instead of a traditional Italian style, I filled the layers with Lamb Rogan Josh. Joe, you put Joe Rogan in there? <laughs> Josh Rogan with oh, Lamb. God. All right, hold on. Lamb? Hold on. I got to figure this brother. out. Lamb? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh Rogan. Welcome to the Josh Rogan experience. Uh, lasagna. It says Lamb Josh Rogan. Uh, Ro- so Rogan Josh is curry. Okay. Aromatic curried meat dish of Kashmiri origin. Red meat, traditionally lamb. <coughs> okay, so you just made it with curry. That sounds oh, pretty Okay. That sounds like, I mean, that sounds like that could work. I could do it. So, what is that? Just more like a Middle Eastern lasagna? I mean, that's, is curry Middle Eastern? I really don't know. I'm behind. I, I, I think feel like Indian. curry's Indian. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel that way. Apologize okay. if we've offended. Yeah, I, I certainly didn't gods. mean to. I don't, yeah. I've never had curry, but Neither it looks I. fine. I've just never had it. Persona makes um, me want to make it so bad. He says people so felt deceived, but it was a delightful surprise. So there you are. I, I can see that. Um, all right. Sand Coffin says a video game food that I'd like to try. And then he put a picture of Chun Li. And let me tell mm. you Fortnite Chun Li. Because did you see? Oh my God. Have you seen the pictures Ho- of the Chun Li that was she, in Fortnite? No, 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 no. I'm being very specific. You're not talking to about the, the character one. model used in Fortnite. Is, You're not talking about the edited one because I saw one that was double cheeked no. up on a Thursday afternoon. I think that's the that's the real one because I but went to the game. From what s- I understood, it that was edited. And if I'm wrong, then Chun Li is, bruh. I'm talking about the Thirst Patrol coming in. I'm fairly positive because uh, she, Cause she had these blue jogger up. pants on. Yeah, double cheeked up. I know, man. I'm I just know saying. It. I You're almost, not telling me something new. I almost downloaded Fortnite that I never intended to play again just to buy that skin because of how insane that butt is. I'm not even going to lie to you. Tell I you what. I just did it with Goku. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you one, and I want you to... I, I got to go let my cat out after I read this because he's wanting to get out, which is fine. Okay. Uh, Sweet Gran Turismo Jones, Ryan, one of our longtime friends, he says, I recommend sticking a Ritz in your mouth then taking a small swig of Coke. And he put that Emperor's New Groove meme of Poncho doing the, like the, mm, perfect, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, so That's let everybody know your thoughts on that. I'll still be able to hear you. I don't have a problem with that. That's like um, me. I've gotten to this habit because my brother started doing it. It's actually really good. We'll eat a piece of pizza, and then you dip the crust in Coke, and then you eat the crust. It's delicious. Absolutely sublime finish to a piece of pizza. That sounds good. It depends on the type of pizza, right? Like if you're getting um, like a like a Domino's or something like that, where it's like, you know, I don't even know what what how to differentiate the pizza, but you know, the difference is very big compared to like a New York style or a Chicago style or any kind of real pizza. It's more like the homogenous home pizza. I love that type of pizza. 
with orange soda. Orange crush and that together okay. fucking smacks. That's one of my favorite combos of all time. It's so good. Um, crust and all. My, ideally, stuff crust, orange crush. I do love stuff at. and crust. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, going back to this, uh, the, the Ritz thing, you know what I think it, 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 it just reminds me of something that people already do, which is uh, salted peanuts and Coke. Uh, one thing yeah, that happens in the South good. a lot, I, and it may happen outside of the South, but this is just something I know for sure. I know a lot of Southern people do is put their salted peanuts in the Coke and let the Coke fizz up with it and then drink that Coke. Yeah, I've heard that. Eat the peanuts as they come out. So um, I can, I get the idea. I, Coke is kind of like a, a, a sweet, and it's more sweet in context to what you put around it. So if you put something like salty, then you get that nice contrast bump from it. So I could see that. That sounds good. I'm going to try that one out too. Also, Ritz are just good. I like club crackers in general. I know Ritz is, I think, technically a club cracker. They they taste like a similar profile to me, but club crackers are good. I don't ever club. eat them because <laughs> I assume they're bad for you. But oh, I got I have a joke to make after the show. No oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, our patron Rude Days ninety three says, "I'm not a fan of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but playing it, the food in there always looks good and seems pretty simple to make with one pot and some ingredients." <clears throat> and I'm here to tell you, games always make cooking look easier than it is. <laughs> That's all I'm going to throw out there. But the food, I do agree. I think the food looks good in Breath of the Wild, but I, the go-to food for me has always been Monster Hunter World. Anytime that you watch them cook that stuff, I want to eat that fake food more than anything I think I've ever wanted to eat in real life. It looks delicious. Which Juicy, food is this? Huge sorry, ribs. Mo- Monster Hunter World. Oh, 100%. I don't know if you ever ate in that, but dude, watching that where they just slice all the stuff and then you see these big ribs with meat packed up on them and little dumplings. That food looks amazing. It's mouthwateringly delicious looking. That's my go-to answer for that. Uh, but now, Chris, as is the, the case, we've got to offer up our own odd combinations that we think people should try. Uh, I think I might have given mine out on a previous we used to do uh uh, question and answer basically you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, reader mail and we'd answer some wild off the wall not gaming related topics all the time on there uh, but I'm going to let you go first <clears throat> what is one of your recommendations I heard this one's on Barstool and I've tried because I don't have a ton of weird ones like once I accidentally used the same knife that had been in butter on a peanut butter sandwich and that was really good so peanut butter butter sandwich pretty dank okay yeah okay but go to like your local breakfast place whether it's a dunkin donuts or a i don't, I don't know any other ones breakfast place so like fast get, food breakfast or like yeah quick fa- yeah get one get a get a get a sandwich that's i prefer i like an everything bagel so an everything bagel cream cheese and sausage that's it is that supposed to be a weird combination? Yeah, I thought it was pretty weird. I feel I feel weird ordering it whenever I, mean, if I ever do. It's not. It's clearly not a normal menu item, but that sounds like right up. I, I feel like that's something I've probably seen someone eat here. I don't know that you can order it, but that, yeah, I got you. Okay, I like it. Okay, maybe throw an egg in there. <clears throat> they recommended it without an egg, so I didn't have it with an egg. I only had it once, but it was delicious. 
McDonald's finally caught up around here, but for years I've been eating this. This is my go-to breakfast whenever I get McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, <clears throat> used to when they had their previous uh, country-style chicken sandwich, which was kind of meant to like compete with Chick-fil-A, um, they would cook that in the morning for chicken biscuits or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, um, it's an official menu item finally. And I'm kind of glad, even though it's not the same. Uh, back then, I'd get them to take that chicken, put it on a McGriddle, and then take the McMuffin egg, the round egg, mm-hmm. and put that on my McGriddle and do cheese. And like a chicken, egg, and cheese McGriddle it used to be my great hidden menu thing. It was kind of expensive because you had to like mix parts and none of them actually were supposed to go together. Yeah. But then they finally introduced the chicken McGriddle. But when they introduced the chicken McGriddle, they got rid of the country style chicken and they just brought it back. And all it is is a non spicy version of the McChicken. That's good. I like that. And it's it's okay. It's not okay. nearly as good as the original country style because it's just cheaper chicken. Uh, sure. It's cheaper as a result. It doesn't cost as much to make <laughs> as it used to for me. Um, but that was so great. I, I love that. So for a long time, people would be like, every time I roll through, they'd be like, chicken McGriddle. I'm like, yeah, dude, it tastes like chicken and waffles to go. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. And I love chicken and waffles. I've been so, workshopping uh, a chicken and waffle dessert pizza for a while. I hope I can pull I'll, it off one day. I bet you can. I, I, I want to do I want to do a dough, but it's a fried dough instead of a regular dough, like a regular pizza dough. Okay. And then you do the... Um, Light cheese, and I think shredded cheddar jack with chicken and waffle pieces on it. And then when it's done, you put syrup over the top. Mm. 10 out of 10. I'd be curious about that. I know it sounds weird, and I don't even really know how you do a, a, a syrup base without potentially ruining it too quickly. But I feel like I'd want to flip the ratio there, where I'd want the savory aspect to be the drizzle. <laughs> Does that yeah, kind of make sense? I guess so, because I'm. I was thinking the selling point mm-hmm. is that it's a fried dough base. Yeah, I guess. Like I mean, I, I think that, I still sugar. think that's good. I, okay. Yeah, I still see that being good, but I still think I like the idea of the the syrup coming after the the high hit, and part of that comes from uh, we have a place here called um, uh, Verano. What I can't remember. It's a. Um, high-end Italian place. I mean, they do brunch on Sundays and uh, they have chicken and waffles. And the first time I got it, great, f- huge, thick Belgian waffles with a stack of fantastically made chicken tenders on it and whipped cream, strawberries. I was like, okay, strawberries is interesting. But then there was this little thing on the side and I was like, what is this? And it was like a, a spicy, like, not, it was a habanero dip. Uh <laughs> That was like really orangish, weird. I don't know exactly what it is, but I thought there's no way this is good. But I tried it anyway, and I took strawberry, whipped cream, got some syrup, put it on there. And then whenever all that was done, I dipped it into that hot sauce and ate it. And the first thing that hit my palate was, of course, that hot sauce. And then you kind of get the spike from that. It's like, whoa, it's a blur- it's a burst of flavor. But then that syrup starts to kind of come behind it. The whipped cream comes behind it. That kind of starts to like pull your palate back down. And then that strawberry hits and you get that little fruit bust. And then, bam, you have the, the waffle. It, it was delicious. I loved every bit of it. Sounds bussin' bussin'. Next time you come down, we're going to go to... Uh, well, yeah. technically I'm it, up right now, but I'm down when I'm... You are up. But when you come down, when you, yeah, when you come southwest... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. My uh, my weird one that some may remember, I don't really recall if I've done it, but it's it's my go-to. I did it for years, and I and I still every now and then pull it out of the bag because it's just a go-to staple. Um, frozen burritos that you can get from the store, the little frozen ones that you get, uh, preferably of the beef, bean, or beef, bean, and cheese variety, the chimichanga okay. or burrito. Um, microwave it. <clears throat> As it's nearing the end, take a piece of craft, you know, single cheese, put it on top, do another like 10, 15 seconds to melt the cheese. And when you pull it out, put ketchup on top of it. It's okay. wonderful. And Sounds like a... The only reason I, I, I always tell people to try it is because I've had every single one of my friends throughout my life, whenever I would do it, be like, uh, what? And then I would have them try it, and every single one of them still eat it to this day. <laughs> I like that. Congratulations on creating a food. Yeah. So it. there we Probably are. See most. Uh, yep. Sounds good. Uh, anyway, so with that being said, I think that that's the end of our very off the wall community stake. So thank you for everyone who, get, who uh, included stuff. I learned a lot today. It's been an interesting time. Uh, but with that, it's time to move into the news. Now, the news is going to be short up until the point where we start talking about Gamescom. So we're going to kind of bust through this real quick. First things first, in a rare move, Warner Brothers announced that Gotham Knights has moved up a couple of days and will now be released October 21st, 2022. The Villains trailer shows off Harley Quinn and Clayface. That is part of um, <coughs> excuse yeah, me, That is part, of, part of Gamescom. Gamescom. Uh, next thing up, not part of Gamescom, or at least was revealed beforehand, Sony has announced that Sony's VR headset, cleverly named PSVR 2, will come out in, quote, early 2023 as one of their Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, posts showed, and they tagged it with coming 2023. Early. Yeah, I saw it like um, PlayStation UK is where I saw it. I'm like, this yeah. is even from PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that said, Chris, uh, I was thinking about like how how packed November is this year right now with releases and then how packed March ish is looking. If you're calling early 2023, I'm assuming they're calling first quarter. When would you estimate that you would want to release this from a pure market benefit perspective? Um, let me answer that question in one second. <laughs> is there a single game you're looking at its release date? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, March 24th. You think so? Because yes, of Resident Evil? March 24th. That would be a super smart idea, yeah. But uh, March 24th. Uh, yeah, no, Resident <laughs> Evil comes out March 24th. And if, yeah. that's, if they can put that as a launch game for PSVR 2, I would buy it day one. I think that depends on what the VR content is. Because right now they've just said... VR content. Yeah, but Whereas if they were like... in the same stream, they showed that Resident Evil 8 is fully playable in VR, which I think means that they are purposely setting expectations with that wording. It could just be that they didn't want to play their hand with Resident Evil 4 too early, and they do know that it's going to be able to work entirely, and that would be awesome. But Well, here's my thing. I don't think it matters, because all I think that will sell it is, hey, here's a... $650 bundle that comes with Resident Evil 4 that is 
playable in VR and a copy of Resident Evil 8 VR edition. Easy. Maybe maybe this is the holy trifecta. Maybe it's Resident Evil 8 VR, the new Resident Evil 4 VR content and its version, as well as getting the rights to the Resident Evil 4 that Oculus put out, but way improved because you have it on better hardware. <clears throat> I could see that, yeah. Smart man. Trifecta. Maybe. It, it just depends. I'm, I'm very curious to see a little bit more gameplay. I'm thinking early February, but I just think they want to try and get out and let VR come out at a time where there's no other games competition for non-VR. Because I think you want to kind of let people revel in that experience of VR strictly here. Now, that also depends on what all they're going to be able to have ready for launch. I think if they can have Half-Life Alex day one, launch on there that game is big enough in and of itself and people are so curious about it that if you mix that with uh stuff like what we're seeing from horizon call of the mountain if that is a launch title as well as any other titles that are going to have their i'm pretty sure but i don't know if they mean launch window or launch day um and that'll be a important differentiating factor um so with all that in mind yeah it's going to depend on what exactly day one has the hold but i think it makes most sense to not fight with another medium if you can keep from it um like you know we don't know for sure but like saints row right now is coming out in a time that's pretty dead for gaming right uh, there's not a lot going on so it may sell better than it otherwise would have strictly by coming out at a point where there's not much competition. And that same is definitely going to be true for something as niche as VR still currently is. It's growing fast, very rapidly, but I'd be curious. I mean, if Sony does release it in the middle of a bunch of other games, that's going to be really interesting because it I means agree. that they believe in it in a different way. Cause I don't, there's no way PlayStation sending this out to fail. I don't think that they no, would spend but I this think, money. I think the thing is they could, they could probably release it like the same day as Call of Duty and it not matter because if you want VR, you're going to buy VR. Like, I don't think like you're <clears throat> as it gets more as it gets cheaper, maybe. But as it stands, I don't think you're getting like a new audience for VR. You're getting dudes who like VR to buy VR. And I don't think it matters when it comes out. It's a different, you know. My argument would be that you're definitely right on, regardless of when you do it, the people who are already sold are going to buy it. And you're right. They're going to have a fairly strong launch just from people who are already interested. But I think if you release at the right time when there's not enough going on and people happen to potentially have expendable income, definitely in America, early February is around the time that most people start getting some form of income tax. That also does continue on into March, something to think of. Um, but I think if you get it at the right time, you can get people to make purchases they might not have made just because they happen to have the com the right combination of money with not enough to play, and that's how you can get people to jump in. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. I just think it's kind of like, it's kind of like people who buy vinyl and people who stream their music. You know what I mean? Like they're still gonna buy yeah. the vinyl, and that's what I think that thing is. Like the people who want VR are still gonna buy VR, but yeah, but you can have an even bigger day one. Is, is all I'm thinking or even a bigger launch week, launch month, whatever they, whatever metric they want to look at if you strategically place that launch. But that really does depend because if you have the killer content, it doesn't matter what else is coming out. If it's new enough, interesting enough, and it has killer content, it can go toe to toe with even big games. So but we'll see. We'll definitely see. 
Um, next up, 505 Games revealed that Death Stranding, the once console exclusive, is joining Xbox Game Pass on PC. Now, if this sounds like the Star Wars Episode Three, if you were meant to, you know, bring balance to the Force moment, that's essentially what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> the announcement has been teased a few days earlier and a new trailer confirmed the rumors. Uh, no, real talk. This is not surprising. 505 Games is the publisher and they have the rights to publishing on PC and of course to do what they want to with it. Sony contracted it out to them as the owners of the IP. Uh, they chose to do that. That's fine. That may have been part of their contractual agreement that they were allowed to let um, Kojima was allowed to look for his own part. Maybe he wanted somebody to publish. We will probably won't ever know those details, but we know that Death Stranding is wholly owned by PlayStation. So, look, at this point, five, uh, regardless of 505 games, PlayStation has a game on Game Pass on Xbox, the actual console, not just PC. All, It's all up in the air. <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. Uh, but that's okay. Chris, I see that you downloaded right. Death Stranding, as we talked about. On PC, what are your thoughts on this? I'm excited to play it on PC for free. That's really all it is. <laughs> yeah, I w- sure. I wonder if I have to wonder if Microsoft is doing that on purpose with MLB and Death Stranding. It seems like they're kind of like twisting the knife a little. Yeah, can we make them look a little dumb? Because I still think it's absolutely ridiculous that PlayStation Plus Premium launched and. MLB 22, the show, isn't on it. Is that not is on there. insane. Every insane. Game be- every game besides that one, I understand. That game is on your competition's platform, right. on their comp- com- competing version of the same service, and you won't put it on yours? It makes zero sense. If it comes out next year... You didn't even put MLB 21 on the service. You could no. have at least put the previous year. But that doesn't even make sense. That would be... No, I don't think they could. I think that would be more embarrassing. Probably. But I don't know. The fact that the fact that you compare the services and PlayStation's games available on one but not on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Even even look, the fact that PlayStation doesn't have a single entry in their own series on their platform. It look, I get that PlayStation's made their statement and maybe they're not, they're not wanting to look weak and they want to stand behind their statement that they will not put their titles on day and date, but that's also not day and date. That game's already been out. Before their service ever did it, this would be their moment to do it. The real question is going to be whether next year they get 2023 the show on Game Pass, and if and if PlayStation still chooses not to do it, that'll be the real testament. But I I agree, I can't believe that they didn't put it on day one when the game was already a few months old. I almost wonder, and this would be such a power move on Microsoft's part if they if they put in the contract with MLB that because it's on Game Pass, it can't be on a competitive service. So they forced Sony to charge their customers for the game. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is It's nuts. It's 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 crazy and I am confused as to how it's happening, but doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's okay, I'm it doesn't matter really. But for Death Stranding, because Death Stranding is on PlayStation Plus, so that's fine. But yeah, the MLB thing will forever be a mystery. Uh, the only thing that would be more funny is if Nintendo comes out with their own subscription service, and it's on theirs. And Nintendo and Microsoft are both like, come play MLB 2023, uh, day one on our service. And PlayStation's like, pay $70, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pores. 
At least just freaking give me a, give it to me for a dollar at that point. But we can't put it on PS Plus Premium, but if you have it, ninety nine percent discount. Yeah, because well, at insane. this point, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and inject this in the news because it's something that just I think is worth talking about, and we kind of talked about it a little bit in the Discord, uh, but I noticed it wasn't on here. So Sony is being sued in the UK um, for fifty billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put it in because I find it patently ridiculous i agree and actually i want to talk or at least the grounds for what they're saying right take away whether or not you think that what they're doing is good or bad the actual grounds for the suit make zero sense when compared to the rest of the industry and the fact that they only went after one person but sony is basically being sued for 50 billion because this whoever the the sewer is you know the um what what they're saying is they're claiming that playstation dominates the digital distribution for PlayStation console for their games, which of course they do. They have access to the PlayStation store and they pull everything in. And they say that the issue here is that Sony definitely in a, in a <laughs> Oh, this is definitely in the economic position that we are in right now yeah. are basically putting, pulling one over on customers and forcing their hands all because of the fact that they have a 30% uh, commission that they put on all digital sales that happen on their, on their platform. Um, now, here's the, the, the weird situation of this all. <clears throat> that policy is on every other platform. Mm-hmm. Console-wise, it's on theirs. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the same, if not damn close. And it's even, it's even on PC at a lesser amount via Steam and Epic Game Store. The way that platforms like this work, that d- distribution, online distribution centers, stores like this work, is that by part by being part of them and getting the benefits of them hosting all these things in one easy place for you to buy and keep all your games congregated, that they make a percentage off of that as a commission for creating and maintaining the environment in which you can buy this. That's been the thing for digital gaming since it's been there but more so it's the exact same method used for physical games physical games have also always had a 70 30 split the digital market mirrors it exactly the fact that this lawsuit specifically states digital specifically states the 30 percent split when physical gets that same 30 percent split and other manufacturers do the exact same thing, make this a bogus lawsuit. And I see zero way as to how Sony would lose. The biggest downside is that regardless, it's a PR hit to Sony because any company that's being sued for any reason is going to get some kind of notoriety. And for people that don't choose to click in, it could potentially sour their uh, their choice to buy a machine because they may be like, oh, this company's in a lawsuit right now that they didn't bother leading up to. So there are potential negative impacts, but it's a bogus That's, lawsuit that I imagine will be dropped it's, quickly. It's ridiculous. It, it almost makes me wonder if there was like journalistic responsibility to not report on this. Like it's so stupid that at what point are you like, we, can, we shouldn't even report on this. It's not worth the time. Like <laughs> I don't know. I guess arguably it's reasonable that everyone should be able to have this information and do what they want to with the information. I've yet to see an article. I'll actually give it this. I've yet to see an article that has painted Sony good or bad. Every article I've seen in relation to this incredibly weird lawsuit has actually been truly neutral. 
everyone's been like, this is what the, the claim is. This is what Sony does. We'll see what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is good because real journalistic integrity should tell you that you're supposed to give info, you know, you're supposed to give us news without necessarily putting too much bias on it. If you want to put bias on it, you make it an op-ed. Uh, but it's a very interesting way for these things to have happened. Uh, so I would be very surprised if anything comes from it. Um, it would also be only in the UK at this particular time. They're saying it goes against uh, anti-competition uh, laws, which we know came up as a point of contention in the uh, Apple versus Epic lawsuit. Um, so while I've seen some people, including the ghost of Blake Pope, say that they expect to potentially see this from other uh, manufacturers, like, you know, where if this one's successful, they're going to try and go after Nintendo and, uh, and Microsoft. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure that this is going to fall flat <clears throat> and we're never going to hear about it again. Uh, I would but agree. Stranger things have happened and I'm waiting to see what happens. Definitely because I don't necessarily know what the competition laws in Britain are. So I'm not acting from a standpoint of knowing how that works uh, in a different territory than mine, but more so the basis of it when aimed squarely at PlayStation makes zero sense. I could see it. I could take it a little more seriously if it said we're suing my, we're suing Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, Steam, and Epic. If you right. said that, then, you know, fine. Fair enough. But even then, it, it becomes ridiculous because you mentioned how they were talking about, oh, it's the economic times we're in. Yeah, it's it's hard economic times, but you're talking about people who own a PlayStation 5 or even a PlayStation 4. You still own a luxury video game product. You have a, You clearly have a TV, which is a luxury product. We're talking about luxury hobbies. Like, it's ridiculous. I understand that I gaming mean, is is huge and the market is bigger and it's definitely there's definitely cheap ways to get in there. But it's kind of how I felt with the price with the seventy dollar games thing and even with this, we are paying we are we are we have a very, very, very high end luxury pro, luxury hobby. And yeah. people act like it's not a high, high, high end luxury product. Even at the low end, it is more expensive than hiking you know what i mean like <laughs> dude even at the low end it's more expensive than the average movie right even at even at low end ten dollar indie games you're already paying more than you pay for your average movie yeah exactly and your average movie doesn't last nearly as long yeah like, so it's i mean just, it's which, if anything, again, goes to show how much of a it, it, gaming is such a luxury, but it's also such a value proposition in certain areas. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, even dude, even at $70, if God of War Ragnarok is 30 hours like the first game is, bro, 30 hours for $70? Watch 30 hours worth of movie for $70. Yeah. Well, you could, but it might, it might happen. But $10 a month and you get all of, all of Amazon Prime. Fourteen dollars a month to get all of that Netflix. Like it's all so cheap to do anything else. Be a movie watcher. Be like Blake and watch weird ass movies, and then that's all you do with your time. That's fine. Don't be pretentious and and mention a French film. (laughs) One of my favorite moments on podcast history. I I mean, mean and I mean that outside of our own. Any podcast I've ever had in my ear hole. One of my favorite lines of all time is, "I'm not trying to be pretentious." And then Chris just clapping back with, "You're talking about not being pretentious while we're talking about a black and white French movie from the '60s, '50s, <laughs> whatever it was." 50s, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was a great all-time classic. One of the funniest moments in history. Blake, I love you, buddy. And I, I think that you also laughed at that. It's, it's funny. But to it's, be fair, really he also followed that up with Citizen Kane is the Dark Souls of movies. <laughs> As a joke, to be fair. Yeah, it's pretty good. But also a good joke. Um, man. It's still pretty There's times uh, where I miss the time that COVID gave us whenever I didn't have to worry about all the stuff that I worry about now. Midweek matinee is fun to do for a while. Maybe one day we'll get back to it when uh, the stars align and I have more time and Chris has more time because right now it's pulling teeth to do this damn show. (laughs) It feels like, I don't mean that (laughs) in a bad way. We enjoy doing the show. It's just life gets moving and it hits you fast as they, uh, as they say. So last piece of news before we get into, um, uh, well, actually, there's two pieces of news. I'm sorry. Before we get into Gamescom, uh, PlayStation Productions is busy. Reports have now come out that they are working on movies for two more franchises, including uh, in their catalog, including Zombie Masterpiece, Days Gone, and Vita game Gravity Rush will be hitting silver screen if not the ones connected to a PlayStation video game product. Famously, Sony killed Ben's ambitions to create a sequel to the game. So famously, in fact, that CD Projekt Red supposedly made a bid to treat the franchise properly if they don't release it on PS4 and Xbox One anyway. <laughs> lots of lots of dicks thrown in there. I kind of apologize. There's a lot of dicks thrown in there. <laughs> but this brings up a, a conversation I've seen. Um, and this is actually something I think is gets really, really interesting in modern gaming where we're dealing with characters being modeled after their actors for good reason. Um, where do you stand on the aspect of people thinking that Sam Whitmer, an actor, not only a voice actor and motion capture actor, but also an actual actor who does plenty of movies and TV uh, sure. and is known well for it, and is not one of the people like Troy Baker who goes out of his way to minimize himself as a TV star, um, which I understand there's notoriety that comes with it. But where do you stand on the aspect of Days Gone, Sam Whitmer in all ways and accounts, not only just by his actions and the fact that he provided his voice, but also visually as a perfect fit for Deacon? Should he or should he not be cast? Is he a good actor? In your opinion. I, I don't know if you actually know much about Sam Whitmer. He's a fan, he's a, a fantastic actor, actually. Then sure, all that should matter is that the actor's good. Well, like, for us, right now, thinking back to the business side of it, we always talk about like Tom Holland as Drake, right? Uh, still Bucks fine with seats, it, right? Yeah. I, I am too. He was fine watching the movie. I mean, I will forever stand by Mark Wahlberg not being Sully. But that's I watched can, that movie again. Kind of disagree. He might but. be solely. He might be solely in the next movie. We'll find out. Definitely seems like that's the way they're going. <laughs> but that's yeah, okay. You, you'll get one of these, kid. <laughs> Point being, I'm in a Papa John. The the idea behind Tom Holland being Drake was the fact that he draws more butts to seats than Nathan Fillion say would. Even though Nathan Fillion, by all intents and, and actions, is a great shoe in for Drake. He's okay. older, so it depends on the story that you want to tell. But, you know, um, I hope one of the most interesting do, things. I hope what they do to shut everyone up is they make this next movie and then they can make the third one fast enough so that they can Uncharted 3 it. But most of the movie is Tom Holland. But then you get these vignettes of Nathan Fillion as older Drake. Like they did with the, like in the game, what they did with young Tom Holland, with young Nathan. Bro. So they just reverse it in the movie. 
That Dude, would be sick. I I'm telling you, what's interesting is like Saul was talking to me the other day uh, that they watched the Phantom the of Saul Bridges. movie finally. Yeah, the, the Phantom of Saul Bridges. He we were talking and he was saying that he finally watched the Uncharted movie and that mm-hmm. he, he said he, he thought it was all right. But then his wife, who doesn't know anything about Uncharted, watched yeah. that movie, right? She she has seen Uncharted very, very, very little. So she has she a liked small it. she did she's not in the dark, right? But she watched the movie, she liked the movie. <laughs> Plenty. Saw just for the sake of it, put on the fan film that included Nathan Fillion in it. And he said that her exact remark was wow, this is a lot better and a lot closer to what I had in my head as a vision of what this game series is. And I think most people who watch those two projects would agree. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. I just don't, I just don't think it makes sense to have Nathan Fillion be your main character. He's not, you know, how's, how's Firefly doing? Like, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Um, Firefly is better than the entirety of the Uncharted movie, and then Serenity is better than both of them. You're not Serenity's hearing me disagree. Fantastic. I'm saying both of those got canceled. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, Serenity is a movie. I guess it didn't get canceled, but you know, Dude, where's it was Serenity two, Brett? Where's two? <laughs> where's the well, sequel? Well, if you think about what happens in Serenity, I don't know how you follow that one up, but because they weren't going to get a sequel, no. <laughs> I'm just joking. I like Nathan Fillion. I Don't just you hope- know that being canceled means something different now, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It got unalived. Um, <laughs> I just, I, now that we've talked about it and I've put it in the universe, I hope someone listens to the show and does what I said about Uncharted 3 movie. I mean, I just keep so putting it in the universe. You know? No, not, not a new universe. It's just you're flashing I said, keep forwards. putting it into the universe. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. I was yeah. like, we're not, I'm not pitching a multiverse movie, dog. <laughs> no, bro. Now, listen. Although, listen. if they did one and they did animated Drake, voiced by Nathan um, Nolan North, with Tom Holland, Nathan Drake, I would watch that movie. It's like, <laughs> who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> but, but I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Now you got me. Now you've got me interested. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm you've saying. Got, now you've got me interested. Could you imagine from the video sheer fact that selling? I want someone to make a movie like that again? Yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is one of the most wild and insane movies I've ever seen, and I saw it as a kid, and it still holds up. It is an it is a classic. If you've never, if you've never watched the making of that movie, please do. It is a technical masterpiece. I cannot believe that that movie exists. <laughs> Can't. It's amazing. I love it. Oh man. Anyway, um, my uh, I think it's weird because I don't think that Sam Whitmer is a very big actor. But I also tell you this: Butts and Seats normally is a bigger name, and and you want somebody with the kind of name recognition that Tom Holland has, or like what they're doing where they're talking about Solid Snake being played by uh, Oscar Isaac. Another big name, huge, very well known actor, and part, yeah, probably not, but also part (laughs) of a very big franchise. People know him because of Star Wars. Regardless of whether the new Star Wars are good or bad, you know Poe Dameron. That's all that matters. If you so, with that in mind, I've never even heard of the actor who they're talking about casting for Sam Whitmer. Which leads me to my point of if you're going to cast a, a ultimately no name actor anyway, why don't you just cast the one who actually brought the character to life? 
you know, if you were telling me you have to choose between Sam Whitmer and like Chris Pine, then go with Chris Pine because Chris Pine's going to bring in a lot more people. Also, I don't think Chris, Chris Pine is Pine? actually. Yeah. <laughs> what? The fuck? Look, man, I was just throwing a name out there. What do you want me to put? What? What's the uh, Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> Who do you want? I Chris Pine is just such a. That's like if the early two thousands they were making the Days Gone movie. I could see. I right, find Timothy Chalamet. Oh fuck off! That's not even good <laughs> fan casting. Get out of here, Xbox controller kid. Get the f- hell out of here. Oh man, that's who's the so actor good. they're talking about? I don't even remember the series that he's from, uh, and I noticed you didn't put it in the news because you also didn't recognize the actor. Um, he doesn't look like a bad fit, Sam, to be honest. Sam Hugan. Yeah. If I can't pronounce your name, you're not a. I, you shouldn't be acting in a Days Gone. That's how much I, how strongly I feel about this. <laughs> Now, here's my hope, though. For whoever, regardless of who yeah, gets cast looks fine. in it. He looks fine. Yeah, uh, I yeah. don't think he's a bad fit either. But listen, re- regardless of who ends up in the role, this is like a sick, twisted hope of mine. But because Sony are making this to begin with and had such disregard for Days Gone 2 to begin with, my Couldn't hope is that it. somehow, some way, this movie gets made and outperforms Uncharted. That would be the <laughs> funniest shit ever. If they go, even if we don't look, even if we don't get another game from it, I don't care. The fact I just want Sony to be proven so stupidly wrong. That that's that's my hope. You know the the fact that we got and I love Killzone as has been made obvious. The fact that we got four Killzone games, despite the fact that the entire Killzone franchise maybe sold nine million copies. But Days Gone sells 9 million copies and it's not justifiable for a sequel is one of the craziest things I can imagine. Yeah, I don't understand. I have to look it up. Killzone lifetime sales. I've got to know. I guarantee you. Got to know. I just, I've got to know. Shadowfall sold 2.1 million copies. It it looks like. I agree with you. But I feel like Killzone is a bad example because Killzone is dead. So <laughs> at the same time, oh, I know. Franchise is but Killzone, dead. yeah, but Killzone also got f- uh, five games. I'm sorry, it got Killzone. It got well, not even Mercenary. I was I, the one I've forgotten was the PSP one, Liberation. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So listen, that's that's all I'm so saying. So six games Look, then, Brett. Yeah, one, two, three, Shadowfall, Liberation, Mercenary. That's six. Oh God, you're right. (laughs) That's why I was very math is bad today. Yeah, six. No, I'm so so grateful for those six games. Fantastic games, but it's just it, it it goes to show how much of a change there's been at Sony. And not that that's necessarily for the wrong, but. As I was playing my PS3, I did have like a spark inside me that's like, damn, I miss PlayStation 3 era Sony. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, it felt so much different, so much more player oriented. Like, bro, you love that? Get ready, bro. Killzone 3. You liked Infamous 1, bro? Infamous 2? It's just different times. <laughs> you want some more Infamous Festival of Blood? <laughs> Delson. 
Calls a vampire. Is, is this an Oprah giving out new infamous games? <laughs> you're a conduit and you're a conduit. Everyone's a conduit. <laughs> <laughs> you're a conduit. <laughs> Stupid. Zeke is jumping on the couch like, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. I just love her so much. That was actually not a bad Zeke impression. Also, considering the fact that Zeke would actually be fucking stoked to get powers, considering the events of Infamous One, that's yeah. an even better. Like he, I, that would be him. Can I be honest with you about something? What? You just said nice Zeke impression. I was trying to do a Tom Cruise impression. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. That's What's hilarious. Next on the news? No, like oh, for yeah. real, last last comment on that um, because I, we didn't even we glossed over it. Far more interesting than that is a Gravity Rush movie. Also, yeah. because live action. I hope not. Animated? Maybe animated. Dude, give it to uh, give it to the Spider Verse team once. Or you know what I mean? Give it to Sony oh, Computer Animation. Oh, oh yes. Oh my god, dude, that that, that so would cool. be phenomenal. I don't think I don't know if you ever saw it, but before Gravity Rush Two came out, Sony did like a little twenty-minute Gravity Rush animated movie that looked great. I mean, it, it looked like the game as an anime. I don't even know how to describe it. The art direction was perfect. It's everything you would have wanted. I don't know if you ever played the Gravity Rush games. They're excellent. They're really good. They're very niche, but they're they're good games. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Before we before we move on, um, outside of Sam Whitmer, who do you want to play Deacon? This is also yeah, all really assuming to... that Deacon is the lead of the movie, for the record. I guess that's fair, but I don't know, man. If you're adapting the work, why would you suddenly take Deacon out of the way? Well, I'm just saying they might not be adapting the work. They might be adapting the world. I guess that's possible. I'm just, I'm just saying. I then don't why would know they be that... casting Deacon at that point? I guess just to have him as a cameo. Well, is it, is any, if it was is a cameo, everyone, why wouldn't it be it Sam Whitmer? It would have to be Sam Whitmer. But I, maybe <laughs> yeah. everyone's assuming that they're casting this guy for Deacon and instead they're casting him for something else. I'm just making the point. We don't know yet. Anything anything is possible. You're fair. Um, no, I really, I've been trying to think about it because I think about who Deacon is and I think you have a good way to show him kind of gruff, but depending on how they want to tell the story, there might be a need for flashbacks. So it means you can't go too old of an actor because you want someone who can look rougher and older, but then also be cleaned up enough to look fitting for the flashback moments mm -hmm. with Sarah. And so when you think about that... <clears throat> Some of my immediate choices kind of go by the wayside. I would say Hugh Jackman because I think Hugh Jackman's a great actor, but okay. I think he's a little too old now. Uh, also, Hugh Jackman was my go-to for Joel, but that didn't happen, so that's why I'm going to use him my pick in another so role better. where he can be. Uh, for Joel? For Joel, yeah. Who was your pick? This Bill Hader. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually don't think it's bad. I still think... Bill Hader as Bill in The Last of Us would have been excellent. We know that that's Realistically, not, he should play David, but... Actually, yeah, that's more true than anything. <laughs> that, is, that is the most true statement, yes. Yeah. I think he could pull that role perfectly. Definitely because of the way, that, the way that he's introduced and played off, he could, oh, he could nail that 100%. so well. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm going to keep thinking on it for a second. Do you have somebody in mind that you're thinking that's kind of a, a bigger actor right now that you're I going do. for? or? And this is not a joke. <laughs> I feel like it's a joke because it's making me laugh because I know how ridiculous it is. But 
Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I fucking hate you. But I'm right. No, you're wrong not, in every conceivable way. No, I'm not. It would, he would dude, not bro, be a bad pick. It would, it would just be Mark Wahlberg. Here's no, have you thing. seen? Okay, you've played Days Gone. It's Deacon does not talk very much. So this would just be Mark Wahlberg doing what he did in Shooter. And then, I've yeah, Shooter. occasionally. Shooter's not that great. Shoot, okay, first off, Kate Mara is fine. Movie, so it's a great movie. Yes, you're right. She is a <sighs> she is a beautiful lady. But he doesn't have to speak that much, so he talks like that. And then, yeah, occasionally you might get the like Mark Wahlberg high pitch, like there's zombies over there. You know what I mean? Like you might get that occasionally. I don't know why there's he's British, no way not- in hell. <laughs> <laughs> your New okay. York accent sucked, and you live way closer to that New York. Was, than no, that was the British Boston. Boston sorry, yeah. Uh, but my real answer, I, I don't actually hate the Mark Wahlberg answer for going for like busting the seats of this movie. It, my real answer would be like Taron Tara Edgerton or something like that. I like him a lot. I don't even know if I know who that is. What's it's the guy name? from Kingsman? Kingsman, the main actor for yeah. Kingsman, the younger guy. I think you make him play Deacon in the flashbacks and Mark Wahlberg plays him in the real world. 10 out of 10 stuff. Taron Taron Egerton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude just kind of looks like Tom Holland if he went through puberty. Sounds (laughs) (laughs) sounds exactly like what they go for. (laughs) Sounds like what they go for. I mean, not entirely would. I like him. He would be good. Or, Or we get... Ben Affleck playing Boozer and Matt Damon playing Vadikan. <laughs> uh, now, I don't actually think that I don't think that that's that off. I no, think Ben Affleck could be Boozer. Yeah, I would take Ben Affleck as Boozer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's other people I'm curious about, you know, like... Uh, as soon as you said it, I had the joke of uh, they should change the story to be entirely through the uh, the viewpoint of um, um, Jesse Pinkman. But <laughs> no, Jesse. Um, or am I thinking of his name wrong? No, Schizo. Schizo. Yeah, That's yeah, what I'm trying to think of. Sorry. Isn't he the guy that, that gets. Be, uh... Of course, everyone. I almost said everyone would be like, you just got to get Aaron Paul and have him be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just having be Jesse Pinkman. I think it's where Jesse came in my mind from. Uh, Low hanging fruit of who would be Deacon? The most obvious choice that would probably even do well, but also would probably eventually wear thin. Uh, would be the dude who played the main actor, Charlie, or whatever the dude from um, Charlie Hunnam. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, from the Sons of Anarchy. From the, the Sons, Sons of Anarchy. All right, we um, should move on. Weird, after this? weird choice, as weird okay. as this is. Even though I think he would probably make a better. Boozer because of I guess it depends on how he looks. I think John Bernthal could do Boozer or Deacon pretty well. Yeah, you're not wrong about that at all. That's actually so, right. Um, but, so hear me out before we move on. Okay. What if for Deacon we get this up and coming actor named Thomas Holland, <laughs> and then for Dude, Boozer, I swear to God, for Boozer, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> No, it's the guy who plays Ned in Spider Man. Okay, all right, yeah, I'd be uh, th- that would be better, <laughs> but that would be better. Copeland, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I hate you. You know, no, no. Uh, 
No, Mark Wahlberg should be the old dude who is the not Copeland, um, the old dude who's the head of uh, the the encampment where the veterinarian chick. Why am I Jack? Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. I don't remember. Anyway, no, the peg um, leg. Yeah, but point being, <laughs> realistically, if I, if Bill Hader is going to play any character in the Sony verse, it would probably be Copeland. I could see that because that would just be hilarious. Like Bill Hader. Bill Hader needs to be in something because he's fantastic. And if Bill Hader should have been Joel, I'm still mad about it. But dude, I'm still honestly landing on David. But you know what? One thing we haven't talked about—that's a good quick time to interject while we're talking about PlayStation Productions. That little snippet of the Last of Us footage shown. First (laughs) of all, I I don't know how I think it looks yet. I'm trying to process. I like the hyper stylized look of the of the game, and clearly you're not getting that here. And I'm trying to kind of reconcile the fact that this is going to look more real. So I'm, I'm undecided on that. But what I will say is, Pedro Pascal saying you know nothing of loss. You said it in Discord, and I was like, I got to check this out. <laughs> that line sounded exactly like how Troy Baker reads. it blew my mind i was laughing because i'm like this guy didn't even play the game and he got the voice dead on like what the hell (laughs) dude i mean that sounded like the most joel shit ever now the other girl i can't can't think of her name uh the one playing ellie i'm not i'm not hit her one way or the other on her but dude that that voice line honestly gave me slight chills because i was like i can't believe how on the nose that sounded oh that was when i was sold that was when i was like all right like fine and he looked great Pedro Pascal is also a fantastic actor. So. I love Pedro Pascal. Very happy with it. Yeah. I can't wait to not ever want to watch that first episode of the show since they're clearly going how the game is going. And that's... Oh, dude. The, the, most- the worst thing about it is that I'm, I've am i played the game. I don't want to watch the story I already know. That's actually the biggest... See, I don't mind show. it. I have no problem with that because I'm going to watch this with my parents on when it comes out. They're going to like it. It's going to be cool. I just don't want to see that goddamn intro. I almost don't want to play Last of Us Remastered, Remastered, Remake. Because of the beginning? Because of the beginning of the game. And it's just going to be in higher fidelity. 4K depression. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Look at that death. (laughs) I I love the taste of children's blood in the morning. Oh, we're we're nearing real close to some... uh... So when, you spray the, okay. so when you spray the Pam on the floor in front of Hitler's crib. <laughs> 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 anyway. Oh, what is that? Uh, a ready drop of morning blood. <laughs> 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 Listen, we're not getting into poetry right now. Um, all right. So the next piece of news is Embracer Group by Middle Earth. They just they buy Middle Earth. <laughs> they bought the whole of Central America. <laughs> it's all theirs. <laughs> Yucatan Peninsula entirely owned by Embracer. Uh-huh. Um, Gulf of Mexico no, halfway there. Clearly, Embracer has been moving. We saw them buy all the stuff, uh, all of the Western development and whatnot from um, Square Enix. Cle- of course, that hasn't closed yet, but. It's coming, but they have acquired the entirety of the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, the properties behind them um, from the owner of them. They have the games rights, movie rights, any other media content that they want. They do what they wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. They also, in the midst of that, 
<laughs> acquired Tripwire Interactive, which you may know from Killing Floor 1 and 2, as well as the excellent Maneater. Such a great game. Super awesome fun. Awesome game. To uh, Tuxedo Labs, which is a studio behind Teardown. Tricks, which is the karaoke company formed by former Guitar Hero devs. And Limited Run Games, which are, of course, a physical media distributor. That was an interesting purchase, and I'm really curious to see what the point of that was. I'm I don't know. That one is probably the weirdest one, but yeah, clearly Embracer is making huge moves. But you're saying uh, limited run games is the most confusing one. I to me, I think it's the one that I don't immediately see where their what their plan is for that. Well, they have an is in-house. I know, back up, it, oh. I, know, I know they have an in-house ability to distribute, but is that what they're actually going to do? Or do they want to keep limited run more of what it is, but, but bump it up? Yeah, it's and limited are, run is limited, Racer games. <laughs> well, that's the bigger question. Is limited run still going to do games from other publishers as they've have we seen them do in the past? Or are they going to transition strictly into Embracer titles? Are they still going to be more collector-driven with codes and all that? Or are they going to start being more of just a distribution leg that can get cases in, get games out, and ship these things out without having to go through other means? I'm very curious as to what the plan is here. It's clearly towards physical media, but physical media is also mostly dying out. So you think that they would definitely be looking at them from the more collector's viewpoint that Limited Run already kind of has. But yeah, how that reconciles with the rest of their business plans would be really interesting. But when you think about the fact, this is the one thing, when you think about the fact that a lot of what they're buying is nostalgia-based, I, I said it earlier this year to a friend, I may have said it on the show, I said it in Discord for sure, it looks like Embracer's entire move right now is to buy nostalgia. Buy anything that people have 20 plus years of nostalgia background with, buy it and make the money off of it because nostalgia is doing hot as it always does. And that's a really easy way to come into things that you can do to make good money as long as you treat them with a little bit of respect. So if you mix that nostalgia with limited run games, you might be able to do some pretty interesting collector's editions and things like that completely in-house. I think it'd be really interesting to see like Soul Reaver get a new game and you can buy limited run games starts doing prints of the original Soul Reaver 1 and 2 and they're limited maybe they're ports for the new systems that have numbered things with remastered covers and whatnot for people who like collecting that I could see that being something that they choose to go for because uh, limited run games did like the Jack and Daxter 1, 2, and 3 bundles if I remember correctly so uh, it's interesting We'll see what comes of that. Chris, any thoughts on all of that? Uh, sounds like a lot of IP. <laughs> <laughs> you a uh, big, uh, I say this, no, I think that we've talked about the fact that you haven't, but are you more interested in the idea of Lord of the Rings games since you find the movies to be too long for your taste? Sure. I do, mean, did I like you play uh, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, I have Shadow of Mordor's Platinum. I don't have Shadow or War of Mordor or whatever the hell the last game was. Shadows of War. Shadows of War, yeah. I don't have that Platinum, but I beat it, so it's a good game. Yeah, Um, I like both. No, they're both fine. I don't know. I think this is just... Just because I've heard other podcasts be like, you know, how are they making money? They have so much overhead. And they now own 
the thing that Amazon just put so much money into. You know what I mean? Like, oh, 100%. They're making money. If you think about the fact, they're making money from residuals, if nothing else. They just bought something that constantly sells. The Lord of the Rings movies are constantly in uh, in circulation. They're constantly being handled, and they get some of that money. I mean, yeah, of course, WB, not WB. um, Who who owns it? Um, What? Paramount? Who did the Lord of the Rings movies? I I don't know. Might be Paramount. It might be WB. No, I don't think it's either of those. It's uh, New Line Cinema, right? That makes sense. I think is what it is. Um, Let's go with that. Point being, there's people that are redoing it. They're constantly a money-making thing, as they always have been. And like like you said, Amazon put all this money into this, and it's going to get even more new people into Lord of the Rings. And so any new media you make is going to do better because there's more... Uh, it's in front of more people's eyes. Do you think so. Embracer would ever make a new trilogy? Because I was thinking about today, I wonder, because you'd think, right, if if they thought making a new trilogy was possible, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Apple, all of these people would have been, maybe not Google, but all these companies who are doing, you know, television, movie products, you'd think they would have bought that, right? So you have to imagine Embracer got the IP for cheap. And I'm wondering if it's because those ga- those movies are so good and so timeless that no one is willing to make new ones. So there was no good reason to buy the IP. Here's the reason I think that it's actually like that. Even though the movie still did really well, The Hobbit didn't do as well as Lord of the Rings. And it also didn't fare as well critically. And, and you know, it wasn't as prestigious. Uh, they're fine movies. They're much worse than the Lord of the Rings movies by means of trying to stretch a story into three movies that didn't need to be three movies. But ultimately, they're okay movies, but they didn't, didn't do as well as they could have. <clears throat> so with that in mind, uh, I think that there's modern proof before Disney even got their hands on Star Wars that showed that it's not as good as you may have thought it would have been. And then I think the new Star Wars doing incredibly well from a commercial standpoint, but terrible from a societal conversation around them standpoint. I just think that they know that if Star Wars, something that's not nearly as old and doesn't have the prestige as something like the Lord of the Rings does, I don't, it does in terms of uh, popularity. It does it in terms of how old the source material is. And I just think that there's a, there's an expectation around it. I don't think like George Lucas is still alive. If Disney really felt like they had screwed up too much, they could just go to George Lucas and be like, work with us on a new star Wars movie and let's get this show going. Now they don't really have to, cause they're doing great with all the shows right now. Correct. <laughs> all the shows are actually doing pretty well for general fan agreements that they're pretty good as well as good money. I think what you'd have, what you'd run into right now is that J.R.R. Tolkien is not alive. And if you're going to make new stuff, Completely, you run into a weird. Yes, I know, Chris. So surprising. <laughs> but, uh, but I think you run into the fact of you don't have a buffer, you don't have a fallback, you don't really have much you can go off of. And I think that there's far more expectation about the quality because the writing is part of what makes the Lord of the Rings movies so beloved, and how faithfully they were adapted and how well they were directed is an important part. And I think the real question here is going to be whether or not the, uh, the Amazon series that is looking at a period of time that's not completely explored, but there's at least foundation for within the lore. If it does well, you might start seeing more people look at going, 
how can we make something new within it? But here's the question. Would the new trilogy include any of the people from the original trilogy or the Hobbit trilogy? You couldn't. And if so, why? Yeah, exactly. And that gets weird because even Star Wars knew that to do well, they needed to make sure that they brought Han Solo back, Princess Leia back. Everybody had to come back. Luke came See, back. But I feel that like you have is to be a so, big thing, and I don't know if they would do it. I, again, no, I'm willing to the, be proven wrong. But The thing is not would they bring them back. It's that if they're retelling the same story, what are they going to do? Have Elijah Wood play Gandalf? Like, th- there's well, no way to bring them back. They're too old to be the hobbits. They're, you know, unless you're going to make them background hobbits. And then at that point, like, well, no, you why? can, you can do exactly what Star Wars did move time forward as much as what we've seen right now. Move time forward 20 well, that, years. To be fair, that wasn't really what I was asking. I was saying literally remaking those movies again. Oh, you're, uh, I, I'm I not talking see, about making saying, new Lord of the Rings, I'm talking about touching those movies again. Yeah, no, I don't, that no, there's no way. That's what I'm saying. I, even, That's why I think the IP was so, so cheap. Yeah, even less so. I thought you were talking about making a new trilogy in within the world. No, and I no, think no. that's more likely than someone trying to remake the Peter Jackson movies. Right. That, that was what I'm saying. Beloved. Exactly. So that's why I think the IP might have been cheaper that someone like Embracer got it rather than Amazon or Netflix. Because I don't, I don't Maybe. believe for a second Embracer's out there shelling out fifty billion dollars, which they could have. So if they, you know. For yeah, a paltry maybe, three bill, you know, they got Lord of the Rings. Yeah, maybe. And I'm sure what they paid for it is public knowledge, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. it reported anywhere. I'll find it. May out. not know until it's, may, again, may not know until it's completed. But most of the time that information is shared uh, initially. <clears throat> but actually, well, the Paul Zitz company, I'm pretty sure, was um, open. I don't think they were you know what I mean? Private. So I don't know. Okay. I don't under, well, I don't understand. They, it announced they've paid approximately 8.2 Swedish Kronos, about 778 million for all five of these acquisitions, which means Embracer paid this amount to acquire the middle earth enterprises, limited run games, string it's tuxedo labs and tripwire, not even a billion dollars. For all five, including <clears throat> Lord of the Rings, yeah, it's if pretty you, wild. There had that. There has to be a reason that Amazon was like, "No, thank you." Tripwire cheap. I can honestly, most of this is cheap. I would say the majority of that seven hundred million, seven fifty million, is Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth. But you're still probably talking five hundred million, which seems like a steal when you think about how much that Star Wars insane. went for. Insane. They own the now, Lord Star of the Rings Wars movies. Is, Star Wars is far more profitable than Lord of the Rings realistically. Lord of the Rings is still a money printing machine, just in a different way. <clears throat> also, while you're thinking about that, even Disney would not try and remake the original Star Wars movies. <laughs> there's no way. No. They're too, there's no way. They would never. This sounds, sounds really morbid, but everyone would have to be dead. Like every actor that it's that was every in the original, actor, or every or person who's every person who saw the original Star Wars, all of them <laughs> would have to be dead. Ah oh, man, like it would know, have to be the post apocalypse, and we've built back up, and they're like, "You heard of that Star Wars thing that happened before the bombs fell?" Like we have like, we have written dialogue of what the movie was. We can tell the movie existed and have design documents, but the actual film was lost. No one's seen who, it. No one living. Guess, Exactly. Guess who plays Han Solo? 
Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I actually think Tom Holland would make a pretty good Han Solo, as weird as that. You know what I mean? In like I'd watch that movie. 10 years from now, I think he could knock that out. He'd be pretty good. He's not going to look that uh, different in ten years. Jesus, <laughs> he's I think like he will. I think he'll finally old. start. I think he'll finally start looking. <laughs> he's 25. not going to go through puberty at twenty-five. <laughs> he's going to look like this for most of his life. Okay. No, no, my my man is not. I'm telling you, five years from now, you're gonna you're gonna reap those words. You, you you're gonna be like, ah, oh, damn. I'd be willing to bet on that. If we're still doing this show in five years, I will send you a pizza <laughs> because Tom Holland will not look the same. Okay, and I'll see live you a pizza on the show. Yeah, live on the show. I will call, order a pizza from Galaxy Hut, send it right to your house over Wi-Fi. Easy <laughs> <Okay>. stuff. <laughs> over Wi-Fi. I'm pretty <laughs> sure in five years it'll be a whole different ball game. You got to download. Sure you can just pizza. order it on the. Pretty sure you can just say Google. <laughs> order it <laughs> in the metaverse, and Chun Li delivers it to your house. <laughs> Fortnite is the metaverse. God. Anyway, what's next? Anybody who thinks the metaverse is, is is in the next five years is nah. Not, not Mark Wahlberg's metaverse. <clears throat> not M- Mark Wahlberg. I meant Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> All right, listen, this show has gone on for a lot longer than I anticipated, which has been interesting and fun, but I do have to work tomorrow. So we're going to have to be concise about this. First things first, I did. Uh, this is cl- clarification for me and Chris. We did not watch Gamescom live as a single stream. We yeah. both went through each individual, for the most part, each individual trailer. There's a few we skipped because our interests weren't with them, and we think that's fair. Um, so it's kind of hard for us to look at it and say, what do you think about this Gamescom as a whole? Because we didn't watch it as an event. We more watch it as broken down things. <coughs> but looking at the things that are within it, I think it seems like a pretty solid showcase. Right. It existed. Now, one thing that Chris said earlier that I think might be a little true is that even with how decent you know how solid it was a lot of these games you're probably never going to hear from again no nope. and that's kind of a weird reality and when we say hear from again we mean that they're going to get their a lot their moment in the limelight and then they're most likely going to fade kind of like we saw with that dinosaur high school thing that they showed during the ps5 and oh, goodbye never volcano seen, high yeah goodbye volcano high i don't know if that's come out i don't know if it's still coming out i don't know it's too furry adjacent for me. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, with that, we're going to go through at least uh, Chris and I both watched uh, in Gadget or Eurogamer rather, uh, where everything is what I assume was in, in order. So we're going to start kind of go through in order for things that we know we watched. Notably first not up, VGC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time ever, Chris went off of VGC. Did it hurt, Chris? A little Did bit. Did it hurt to betray them like that? Yeah, my fingertips are buzzing. It was said you would bring balance to the video game chronicles. <laughs> Not leave it in darkness. Um, all right. So the very first thing uh, that popped up was the ex-boss of Grand Theft Auto, uh, Rockstar North, and their new studio with their game everywhere. Um, I'll tell you right now, the trailer, weird. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I just don't. Then it went from looking like an upgraded version of Spore. I don't even know if any of you remember the EA game Spore, but it looks like a weird version of Spore meets like a civilization game in space. But then suddenly it looks like I'm seeing a photorealistic version of the dude from Mafia 3. It is the dude from Mafia 3. (laughs) It's, It's a skinnier guy. Same dude. 
All they did was just, you know, he was he's not a buff, you know. That's all it exactly. is. Exactly. Uh, but no, I I'm telling you, I don't even have thoughts on it because the game's coming out in 2023, and I don't know what it is. So that's as much as I have to say on that. Chris, anything you want to add about everywhere? Um, I'm blown away. 2K let them steal the model for this game. <laughs> it was in the contracts. It's the <laughs> same guy. Continue. Well, then it's then it's just an actor. That's all that matters. Uh, all right, next thing up. This one's kind of weird. So Dune, of course, is enjoying its new level of success with the movies. Uh, And of course, the second Dune movie is in the works. Um, So Level Infinite have announced Dune Awakening, which is apparently an open world survival MMO in the works at Funcom. And it's a CGI trailer. So you don't know shit about it. Uh, It's the issue that I'm having with a lot of these is I am to the point where, much like I said with the Xbox showcase, I am tired of CGI trailers. I understand that they probably serve a purpose, but for me as a player, nothing takes my interest away quicker than CGI trailers. Every now and then they look cool. Sure. This looks great. I mean, the CGI has done really well and it looks interesting. And okay, I don't know what it is. Doesn't explain to me anything. All I need to hear is that it's a survival MMO and I'm pretty much out. Now, what I would mm-hmm. like to see, even though I've been debating it in my head, I would you like fuck to the see sandworm. a <laughs> yes. How'd you know? <laughs> Got that RJ Burger dick for her. anyway. Oh god! Um, Deep throat. <laughs> oh man, what a show! Um, what I want is a Dune single player open world game. Maybe not even open world. I, I was really thinking about that. What a. <sighs> Would a Dune RPG be anything more than just essentially like Mad Max, but on the Dune planet? And the reason I say that is because I kind of got tired of Mad Max having zero variety in its locales. And it made the game become boring and stale to me, even though the characters and stuff weren't yet. I wasn't able to get over the boringness of the gameplay. And so looking at this and thinking about Arrakis and that the majority of the Dune storyline takes place on Arrakis, I don't know that I want to see that as the only environment that I'm going to explore in an MMO or in a normal game. The only way I could see this potentially working out is if in this Dune thing, all it's doing is looking at the entire Dune world and it ends up being more like an EVE Online style game where you can fly up in the air and teleport with the space worms that jizz out space stuff that lets you travel through space. <laughs> they basically orgasm and you travel through space while they're hot it's, on spice. They get they get Richard Attenborough voiceover to talk about the uh, <laughs> space worm cum and how it powers our jet fuels. <laughs> anyway, point being... Space cum can't melt geosteel beams. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> Uh, Do- uh, Dune Awakening looks cool. I would not. I mean, it says nothing about the game, but I'd fight a sandworm. I think I. I think I would too. But here's the thing: I've done that in Shadow of the yeah, Colossus. I, I know agree. you have played Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> I beat that sandworm no, every day. Chris, you need to play Shadow of the Colossus. By the way, I, do I own it. It's Shadow on multiple things. You need to play the remake of Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> it is. So good. And I, I want really, to have a conversation with you about that game. Spoiler chat. Also, I'll, I'll do it. 
It's ridiculous looking. It, it's, it looks so good. Okay. I mean, I'm in. I'll try it. But yes, there is a basically there is a sandworm fight in that, which is great and perfect. And it's not this sandworm, but it's close enough. <laughs> Fine, Conceptually, it's hitting all the things. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would prefer to see Dune take a single player thing. I don't know. I think the MMO market continues to get more and more flooded and there's so much competition that I could only imagine that since World of Warcraft still hasn't completely bowed out and Final Fantasy 14 are doing so well and then Elder Scrolls Online has a decent little community niche out for it. I don't know how much more people are going to get with this, but it also depends on what their level of success is because today, right now, you can still download and play DC Universe Online. They yeah, still make yeah, money from it. I agree. So uh, I would like to, before we get too far off it, I asked uh, the ghost of Blake Popes because he's a big Mafia 3 fan to watch the Everywhere trailer. And he said, uh, he says, what the, what the F it a hundred, it a thousand percent is. And then he goes, is this canon? <laughs> <laughs> Even from the dead coming with the zingers. He's very right. upset. Um, <laughs> Next thing up, Sony finally announced uh, what people have been wanting so long for them. An official PlayStation made DualSense Edge wireless controller, which is essentially their version of the Pro Controller it or whatever. So what, what's it? What's the Xbox one called? Is Elite. it the Xbox con- Elite? Yeah, there we go. Uh, so it's got everything you'd imagine. It's got trigger this stops. Guy. It's got mappable buttons in the back. It's got replaceable analog sticks. It's got uh, the front clip comes off and you can completely remove the analog module uh really interesting i personally think that the the render that i actually saw of it where it's not shrouded in the weird thing that this this is a cool thing i don't like that the plastic is glossy on the front clip it just looks cheap and compared i don't even know how to describe that but i ultimately think it looks cool and i love the uh the playstation buttons etched into the touchpad it's very, very good looking. So that's a second. It's finally controller. coming, boys. Now I would kiss that controller. Do you think that this what do you think this is a twenty twenty two release? I wouldn't be surprised if it came with Call of Duty. Not like mm. came with the Call of Duty. Yes, yeah, but, but launched came, alongside. Well, launched alongside it, yeah. Um yeah. Um what price point? What are you thinking? One thirty nine? Two one sixty. You think to, really, you think they're going to go? Uh, that's what that's the, above elite the elite, right? No, I thought they were two hundred. That's basically you're coming to my question. Are they going to cut under the elite's cost? Or are they going to meet the elite's cost? I mean, okay, so it's one seventy nine right now. I know when they came out, they were around two hundred. I could see two hundred, but then again, it's Sony, and they're going to be like, "This is also a dual sense controller. It's two fifty. I mean. They still honestly still have that ace in their sleeve. They still right. have stuff in there. This is, has haptic feedbacks for hardcore G Fuel chugging gamers. Now here comes the real question, though. How do hmm? How do you reconcile adaptive triggers with an adjustable trigger stop? I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm curious. I would have always said, and I think that this technically already exists. Games can do it as much as they want. Technically, Returnal does this because there's two different fire modes depending on how hard you pull down the triggers. Um, 
I think that the actuators and the uh, adaptive triggers for PlayStation 5, the DualSense, already have it where you should have a software version of a trigger, uh, of a <clears throat> trigger stop. So I that guess, if you but... want to make it to where you have a real shallow trigger, then you just tell the actuator to, at, at 20% pull, activate that trigger and it's a hard stop. And you, you have to pull way harder to go past that. That would be essentially uh, an emulated trigger stop. And yeah, I think it I would work you, pretty well for people who don't want to go the extra mile. If you pull past it, you could probably break it eventually. Uh, that's probably I mean, why I'm they're sure doing it But I would imagine if they're going to do this, they're going to have a haptic setting and then other settings. Yeah. I'd so be curious. Have four levels, just, one of which is it, normal. Yeah. It could also be a movable um, actuator to where it's moving up or down based on where you're setting the trigger stop. Maybe that would be you're, cool. It could be that you're raising the the floor of the actuator, and the trigger stop is just acting that way. That could be interesting. I agree. Either way, I'll buy something's one. curious. I still think they probably won't do what I'm talking about and have an, uh, a digital uh, version of the trigger stop with the normal dual sense because they want people to go ahead and buy this controller. But I think that would be a really cool move for PR on Sony's part. Be like, hey. Well, you know, this is an even bigger reason as to why the DualSense is such a big improvement over any other controller that's out <clears> right now. This is a functionality that is born from the fact that it has the technology in this to essentially act this way. So never say never, but as we said earlier, this isn't PlayStation 3 era Sony, so they have no reason to do that. Sadly. <laughs> Sadly, indeed. And you know, it's so weird when you're talking about PS3 era Sony because... Are you talking about beginning PS3 era Sony where they made a lot of bad mistakes? Or are you talking about the, uh, the the other three quarters of the PS3 era where they were just firing on all cylinders and releasing great games? Who knows? It's the problems that we come into. All right, next thing up, Callisto Protocol got new gameplay. Gameplay looks great, as I expected. The only thing that was kind of interesting for anybody who, uh, I guess if you, I, I'll tell you right now, if you're not wanting to be spoiled by anything, I don't blame you if you click off the episode and stop listening because you want all the surprise. But Callisto Protocol, gameplay looks great. Looks like Dead Space more modern, as you'd expect. Uh, mm-hmm. But what was interesting is at the end of the trailer, it brought in the 2013 Tomb Raider reboot deaths where you're, he's sliding down and then ends up hitting a fan blade. And then instead of it just doing damage, it like takes you up and cuts you in half. I love those. I remember people saying that they thought the Tomb Raider deaths were too gory. And I was like, I think it's sick that I'm rushing down a river and there's a huge stick out and I don't miss it. And it pales me through my chest. That's I agree. Sick. <laughs> but I completely agree. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Chris, I think me and you were already Callisto Protocol day one. Anyway. Oh, but, yeah. Pre-order the collector's yeah. edition. Yeah. So, look at that. We don't have to worry about it. Looks good. Here's the, the next one's pretty interesting. As anyone who's listened to the show for a while knows, I thought Lords of the Fallen was a pretty solid uh, early take on the Souls-like games when they when that wasn't as much of a thing as you're seeing now. But Lords of the Fallen 2 has been in development hell since it came out. Uh, and here we are, Lords, the Lords of the Fallen. They've dropped to, uh, as we know, as a new developer is on here. And it kind of looks like if you... <sighs> mixed Elden Ring with the <laughs> Elden Ring with Mortal Shell. I, I don't know. It doesn't look bad. I even think it maybe looks a little cool, but it also looks and when you've had so many more souls like games come out, it gets harder and harder to niche out a style that feels unique within that. 
and you're running out of time. Uh, I'm still willing to try this and play it, but also CG trailer didn't give me much to go off of. I also thought uh, the use of Danzig's brother in the trailer was weird because I, I feel like that type of music in that setting didn't fit. I'd rather have a crazy string hitting fantasy score than hear Danzig's brother playing to a dude coming in on a double headed dragon while you slice him. I, I just didn't think it fit. It wasn't the worst, but <laughs> that was the most provocative thing said on this show so far. A dude sliding into the dragon with a double headed thing. Incredible. I'm not going to expand <laughs> on this. I want to move on, but I just want to leave with this comment. Um, this trailer reminds me of David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Uh, so that's interesting. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, how the final product or the trailer? You, you know, the final, the, the final product of Suicide. Okay, gotcha. And I think it's going to be about as good. Um, moving out to, I don't have high hopes. Uh, moving <laughs> out to, didn't even watch. I actually, I technically did for a little bit. I straight it, up skipped that. It's one. not the type of game I would have made uh, automatically come to. I'm not really that worried about it. I'm sure people love it, but it's not on my radar. So I won't say too much about that. And the next thing, Hogwarts Legacy, the Sebastian Salo's Dark Legacy. Uh, man. I think this game looks incredible. It's, and it I'm looks not even so goddamn dude, good. I like Harry Potter. I'm not like a massive fan. I like Harry Potter. This looks so sick. <clears throat> I think the quality of the animations looks phenomenal. The game looks like it's truly made to be its own standalone project. It doesn't look like it's trying to be a weird tie-in or movie tie-in or some cash grab. It looks fantastic. It looks so good. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm genuinely I'm, incredibly excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. Now, here, I, am a, the, I am a huge Harry Potter stand, though. So I've got it. I've got the answer. Yeah. February 10th is when PSVR 2 launches because Hogwarts Legacy includes PSVR mo- support for <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy. And you can run around and use those little things and flick your spells and shit. It's going to be... Uh, yeah. I would... And I don't say this You lightly. take the promise of PS Move Sorcery with a new <laughs> game. <laughs> Follow me here, and I don't. I don't say this jokingly. <laughs> I don't know if you ever ever heard of this splooge over Harry Potter. Exactly. I, no, I'm a big fan. Um, I'll buy no, it, it whatever cool. collector's edition I can get. I already know that I'll, if there's no collector's edition, I will pre-order the digital deluxe for that 72 day early access or 72 hour early access. 72 day early access. <laughs> like, Hey, you got Bro, it right now. Everyone, everyone would be pre-ordering the, uh, the, the digital deluxe at that yeah. point. Bro, I what? There's a limited remember, number of digital ones. That's $400. You get it two months early. Be, that would be wild. That it kind of makes smart. me think of it, not from a digital standpoint, but I still remember thinking it was crazy that Sony released the Vita a week early, only if you pre-ordered the fir- the Founders Edition. Basically, it was called the 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 first the first week one bundle, first week bundle or whatever, and it came with my case that my OG Vita sits in, and a week early, and all games for the most part were available. I don't necessarily understand the, the thought process behind it. I guess there's a thought process that you're going to have two launch days and the hype of both launch days coming. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was a weird much. move, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that looks awesome. Good show. Uh, here's the, we move on to the next one. So Gearbox, as we knew, announced that they were going to be doing Tales from the Borderlands, bringing it back, but developed by Gearbox instead of by Telltale Games. And I don't know what's up with these naming conventions, but it's called 
new Tales from the Borderlands, as if Nintendo was on the board sitting there being like, you know what <laughs> would make this even better uh-huh, if you put uh-huh. a new in front of it? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Um, I turned this trailer off the second I realized it was new characters. Don't care. It's weird because I saw Reese in the trailer. Did you? I didn't notice. But he's him. clearly a side character. Yeah, at that point, don't care. It's it's Reese as you see him in Borderlands Three, where he's like a head of one of the companies and wearing his little suit and whatnot. Okay. And you know, I'm not. It's not a hard no for me on this. I'm I'm very undecided because it depends on gameplay. Because I've I've noticed from the fact that Chris and I tried and tried and tried to play Tiny Tina's Wonderland. And I'm be honest. Every time we played that game, I was trying to play that game. Like I was trying to be like, yeah, this is this is gonna be good. It's it's, it's fun. Yeah, Dude, this is great. Yeah. Borderlands since the first game, I've not been able to beat one. I don't know what it is, but the gameplay is always what makes me leave. I actually think the world, the characters, all that's great. And I think Tales of the Borderlands worked for me because it wasn't weighed down by the gameplay of a Borderlands game, but I got to experience the world and the characters without that. And I think Tiny Tina's did a little bit. It lasted a little bit longer than plenty of them did because it was different, you know, and I'm not hating on Borderlands. It's just, I fall out of love with Borderlands very quickly. I'm undecided as to how I feel on this because I don't know if it's going to work or not. This is one of those for me that if it reviews like shockingly well, I could see myself picking it up and that is it. Well, I'll tell you because of my feelings for Borderlands, I initially didn't uh, play Tales of the Borderlands. I only played it once it was free on PS Plus because I thought, well, I don't really like Borderlands. I keep falling out of them and I didn't, I was like, I'm, it's probably not going to be good. And at that time, I feel like Telltale still had that stigma with me where I thought that they probably, they weren't known for being technically sound and being very kind of buggy so i was like eh, it's not that important and then i played it and i love it and that's such a great game i think tales of the borderlands is the best borderlands <laughs> out there and i know that that probably just sparks some fires under some people but it's my favorite borderlands experience i can't find a reason to disagree so yeah so it's not a no from me, but the fact that it's also not the original developers and writers means that I don't know how this is going to be handled and if I like it as much. I was surprised at how much I grew to love the characters and the Telltale ones. Though this does bring me to an interesting point. I miss playing Telltale games. I never thought that that would have been the case. But there's something about them. There's a charm to them, even when they're not doing well. I actually thought the Telltale uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was also really good. And I, I enjoyed never finished it. it. Yeah, and I'm of course Wolf Among Us is so good, and I'm so excited for Wolf Among Us two to still be happening. Um, but yeah, it's it's a type of game where I can see this working. But there's some moments in the trailer, Chris, where I'm almost curious if they're going to try and mix some more traditional gameplay in with this. And I don't necessarily know that if that's what people want from Tales Tales from the Borderlands. It's not what I want. I want a walking simulator. Oh. I mean, yeah, I want to make decisions as characters. Okay, just let me make decisions as characters. Uh, next thing up, I skipped Dying Light 2, Stay Human, Bloody Ties. I'm skipped assuming this is DLC. It's DLC. I it's an arena Dying thing. Light 2. I don't care. If it looked good to you, I'm happy. I'm glad. I, s- I still have not played my most anticipated game of 2021, so. Craziest thing, I know. But. Sad. Uh, Tortuga, A Pirate's Tale. The oh one thing God. I want to tell you about this is I did watch it, and I have never... 
I understand that it's probably originally in a different <clears throat> language and then they had to translate it. But the close up of a pirate talking to me where I can clearly see his face animating completely out of sync with his voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> it, if you know you're going to have these issues and you're wanting to be able to service many markets at once, I told Chris, I'd rather see a pirate turned back to the camera with his head slightly tilted back where you can tell his jaws moving, but you don't have to worry about whether it's exactly in sync because it's more suggestive than anything. And you see him gesturing and pulling knives out and sticking them in and having telling these things while adding the mystery of an of a interesting shot. While not having to combat the face, the, the facial animation stuff. I don't know, dog. This is the worst trailer I've ever watched. <laughs> the boats don't even look like they're in the water. They look like they're skating. It's awful. I want to play it, but it looks like <laughs> crap. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far because I don't know. I got so caught up on the pirate thing that I could not even pay attention to the rest. Of it. I watched the entire trailer. Can't tell you much of what was happening besides that non-lip sync pirate, um, but that's okay. Uh, the Team freaking cannons sound like t- like like fireworks. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. Marauders looks interesting because visually it looks like what I imagine a slightly newer kill zone would look like, where it's got this really dark and heavy thing on the guns, and then it pulls out and it kind of looks goofy on their faces. And I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way, but I don't, I don't know what the game is. I'm assuming it's a more multiplayer geared thing, kind of like what we saw with like a, a payback, the payback and payback two. I think it's the name of those games, the the bank robbing games that you can play with people. Yeah, I, I never played right. them, but I think that's the name of them. So sounds right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's early access, and I don't know. Chris bought uh, Tim Tim early access, and it wouldn't let him download it later <laughs> earlier when he was trying. Yeah. So, if anything, I've learned that early access maybe isn't a good idea. I kid. If you want to do early access, more power to you. Um, I just don't want to buy it until it's done 90% of the time. Uh, so, Chris, unless you have something to say about Marauders, which I don't think you do, it nope. moves us on to Destiny 2. Now, I know that you have your own feelings about Destiny 2, as do I, and I can go into them. But did you even bother watching this? Because nope. Okay, I didn't think so. It doesn't look bad. Actually, it looks kind of cool. But... I've reached a point where I can't play Destiny all year long. I just don't care. Uh, the Witch Queen was great. I love the campaign. Had a great time doing it. I will do the exact same thing with Lightfall. I will download it. I will play the story. I will get through with it. I will take the game off and not play it anymore. I'm going to play that game like a game. I'm going to play it like it's expansions. I'm going to play the content, play with friends for a little bit, bounce out when I'm done, and be fine. <laughs> Destiny just sounds so terrible to me sometimes. It's like, oh, let's run this raid eight times in a night to get this 1% drop. Nope. Yeah. No, I'd rather kill Which, myself. All MMOs have that, right? I, I get it. But it's still ultimately something that each player has to go through whether they like that kind of grind or not. Old School RuneScape is that type of game for a lot of people. But for me... It's doing the quests because that's what I find fun. And for me, that's what Destiny is. Doing the stuff that is fun and has story and interesting game. The gunplay is fun in Destiny. I think it's good, but it it gets tiring when you've done the same raid 10 times in a month. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of the beast for me. I still think this looks fine. My real complaint comes from the fact that they just took the Buzz Lightyear logo 
and just made it lightfall. And I just think it looks so stupidly unoriginal, <laughs> but that's okay. That's a rant for another day. I'll download the game, try it out whenever it kind of, whenever that actually does release, and I'll buy the expansion. And Chris, you can play it if you want to. You don't have to. Nope. Um, so, yeah. There we are. Which leads us into the next game, which I think is maybe the most torn I am over this entire presentation. And that is Sonic Frontiers. Was I right? Yeah, you're right. I'm torn on it because... It doesn't look very good, but it also looks kind of good. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's hard to quantify and put into words because certain aspects of it, I actually think, look really interesting and potentially great. Other aspects look kind of mind-bogglingly weird. And I'm still not necessarily... There's still a version of me that hopes that there's like some Shadow of the Colossus vibes built into here. I'm going to tell you, Chris, you haven't played Shadow of the Colossus, so I know you can't get an exact feel for it. But did you play 2008 Prince of Persia? The cel-shaded one that had Nolan North as the voice of the prince? No, but I own it. Okay. Great game, first of all. You should play it. <laughs> Secondarily, the Prince of Persia games have always been platformer heavy, but that one's very platformer heavy and in a very interesting way. And what my hope for Sonic Frontiers was is that you take Prince of Persia 2008's idea of platforming and constantly staying on the move with uh, Shadow of the Colossus's idea of platforming and puzzle solving up a beast to defeat it. And bring those two things together. And while I don't think it's going to be the entirety of this game, I don't necessarily know that that's not an element of this game from this trailer. I think I'm going to buy this game. I'm unsure if I'm going to enjoy it. But the biggest thing is that it's releasing at the same time as God of War Ragnarok. And I think that that is a mistake. (laughs) The only Maybe thing I can know. say is that Sonic does exist in such a different niche of, I don't mean niche in the sense of small, but it's just a different part of the market. And the appeal is so different that maybe God of War and Sonic is actually two of the games that have the highest chance of not overlapping each other. Maybe. <laughs> Like yeah, from a, you're probably from a sales right. standpoint, but the, you know it's it's like a, it, it'd be like a Mario game releasing alongside a God of War game. I don't think it would impact Mario at all because it's a different audience looking I for agree. different things, and they're so different that I can even see people playing God of War Ragnarok and Sonic at the same time. Surprisingly, I I could see that, but it looks like a game that'll exist. I don't know. It looks better than most Sonic games do. I think it's the first time I've been actively, even if cautiously, actively excited for a Sonic game. That doesn't mean I think it's going to be the best game in the world, but I think this might be a Sonic game that I enjoy. And that's enough for me at this particular stage. If I like it, and even, dude, if if this game's a 6 out of 10, if I like it, (laughs) that's fine. Because Sonic has got some cool stuff. Uh, Cool world building. I think that there's cool stuff that it's always done. But they tend to fall short in very specific areas. And a lot of the time, I think it's gameplay and then technicality that falls apart. Their technical prowess tends to fall. And that remains to be seen as to how well that's going to hold up in this game. But I'm going to say the game looks promising, but still iffy. Maybe one more trailer before release can fully convince me that it's going to be at the very least good. But 
I'm willing to buy it off of what we have. I still think it's a, a somewhat divisive looking title and anybody who doesn't want to get it, I understand it. Um, <laughs> so that's okay. Uh, there is under the waves being published by uh, quantic dream, uh, not being made, but published by them. And uh, it just kind of looks like a more graphically realistic version of subnautica. I'm going to be honest. I hope I never hear about this game again. <laughs> you might not. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I'm sure it, Quantic Dream hopes that you do since they're, the game that they're actually developing isn't apparently coming out for another five years, but you know. I don't know. I watched this trailer and I didn't see anything appealing. Yeah. Even when they did the super dumb like, oh, and then we'll be there under the waves and then it went to like the splash <laughs> screen. I was like, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. Like, I hate Look, this. Con- Conversely, Chris, we get yeah, to an interesting I, part. Go okay. Simulator 3. Let's fucking go. Dude, tell me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. Watching every bit of this trailer, I got the biggest Tony Hawk Underground 2 vibes <laughs> yeah. ever. Everything about it just looks like the weird, over-the-top, spastic nature of specifically Thug 2. Not Thug One with its more serious take on skateboarding. The right. weird Viva La Bam, jackass infused Tony Hawk Underground Two, where you're going across the entire Earth. You know, you're, you're doing a world tour and, and just messing stuff up and listening to Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire Ring of while fire. you skate through Spain. Oh, that that level is so good. It is. It is great. But dude, the entire time I was watching this trailer, it's not uh, clearly there's more going on in this, but the. It looks like if you took the general vibe and feel of Tony Hawk Underground and then even kind of left it with most of the stuff and then mixed it with like Flat Out. Did you ever play Flat Out on the PS2? Where you like wreck cars on purpose and like your guy would like ragdoll around and you'd use it for sports. You should at least look up Flat Out. You ever heard of it? Uh, No, I'll look it up. There's a game mode on one of the ones for PS2 and PSP where you would go wreck your car on purpose to try and get your guy to fly out of the windshield and he would become basically a dart and you'd want him to hit a certain spot on the dartboard. And it was incredible. Super fun. It sounds like it. Yeah, it's like sports by way of car crashes. So Love that. I'm a big NASCAR guy. <laughs> Ooh, don't get mad at me. I mean, I'm be honest you with you specifically. I mean, I like NASCAR. I don't watch it actively because they're too long, <laughs> and I don't want to pay just to want to check in every couple of laps. Uh, but man, I tell you what, NASCAR is getting it when there's a wreck. Hell that's yeah, it is. Tensions are high, but that's okay. Apparently somebody sent me something. Uh, Return to Monkey Island. I skipped. I don't really have interest in that type of game Not at this at particular moment. Uh, but I know it's a point and click game. So I might because I was surprisingly, I was very pleasantly surprised by both Day of the Tentacle and um, 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 Motorcycle one. Work with me here. Oh, Full Throttle. Full throttle, thank you. Um, both of those games were really fun, and I liked them a lot. And I've been thinking about getting Grim Fandango recently um, to scratch a similar itch. But right now, it. okay, right now, um, do you have the Vita version? Because that, that'd be the one I'd be wanting to play. No, I do not have the Vita. Well, I think yeah. I do, but that doesn't help you very it, much. 
Uh, it's actually true because Vita's count log. That's fine. That's okay. I have other ways of getting it, so that's all that matters. Um, yeah, Return of Monkey Island might be that, but right now I think Old School RuneScape is kind of scratching that itch for me where it kind of presents itself and you do problem solving in the same way that you typically do with a point-and-click game. So, um, yeah, um, we'll see. Next up is one that I don't necessarily know if it's a game that I would like, but I think it's very interesting. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, who you may know as the incredible author and exact, incredible world builder, super mm-hmm. good. Uh, and he's also the one who finished the Will of Time fantasy book series when the original author passed away, which, if you good know books. anything, held up. Um, he Maybe a little is, bit better. Heck, maybe actually. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the new game from him is Moonbreaker, um, and it's coming from the Subnautica studio, actually, Unknown Worlds. Now, here's the interesting thing: Sanderson did the world building, which is great because his whole thing about world building is what makes his books so good. He knows how to really build up a world that feels believable and that you find interest in wanting to dig through. But the game itself seems more like a tactical kind of. XCOM, but also more like Warhammer thrown together. I could see that. So much so that the digital miniatures that you play with and are representative of the characters, you can paint them in the game. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw that. You can. It looks really great. That's really interesting. Uh, so I'd be curious to see how this does with people who really like that specific style of game. And for the right price, I'd be willing to try it. Thirty twenty nine ninety nine max. I think I agree, though. I would probably hit this on sale for 20 bucks before I tried it. Not that you I think would, it's worth that. You would get me you know a launch I mean. strictly for Sanderson at twenty nine ninety nine. But like okay. anything higher than that, I'm waiting until it's nine dollars because you're insulting me. Man, um, I just remembered that I still need to play uh, the uh, Wolverine. I, I still do need to play Wanted. Actually, I played Wolverine. I maybe I need to plat Wolverine. We'll see about that. But um, I need to play the uh, the Ruined King, the game from oh, League of Legends, because yeah. it looked great. Does look great. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah. All right, uh, Chris, you were about to say something. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Was it in, in relation to Friends versus Friends? No, I was going to say we could probably skip that one. I think I agree. Doesn't look bad, but I also didn't get much from it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's too spastic. Yeah. I Maybe this that. is destined to draw to reach the same death that Drawn to, Drawn to Death did. Even though I think Drawn to Death is an incredibly unique idea and cool. Maybe this just can't speak to enough people because of its stylistic choices. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Now we get to the big boy of the show. What I'm calling the Bloodborne pseudo-sequel, Lies of P. It looks so good. I thought it looked good when they announced it last year and showed it off. Or maybe it was earlier this year, whichever it was. This looks incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I'm very excited I- for it. I like Souls-like style games. Clearly, it's wearing its heart on its sleeve. And I think clearly it's wearing specifically Bloodborne on its sleeve in a lot of ways. UI design, of course, map design, where it's taking place at. But I also just think this weird, twisted take on the story of uh, Pinocchio, which Chris and I were talking about, a lot of fairy tales that things are based off of, people seem to... 
uh, uh, basically accredit them to the Disney versions, but they don't realize that the Disney versions are based off of older folklore. Uh, and Grim, I think baby. this looks really interesting. Yeah, um, I will play this. This is one that is coming to Game Pass at launch, FYI, and I will be buying for $70 on PS4 or 5 or 6, whatever console it is. Well, if you're, if you're not that I am, this might be one of the ones I pick up to even our balance out. We'll see. So Brett but we're going to get this, this game and PS5. play this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, if you want me to, I'll go ahead and claim that I'm buying this on PS5. Yeah, this claim looks it. amazing. All right. Hell yeah. Do you want me to buy The Last of Us Part 1 so that you can be depressed in 4K? Oh, absolutely. That, that's okay, great. I got you. Great deal. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I oh, got yeah. you covered. Game looks awesome. If you're a fan of Souls-like games, watch the trailer if you haven't. I'd be curious to see what you guys think, too. I will still say I don't necessarily know that I think it's a good name. I don't think it's the worst name. I think Chris maybe thinks it's worse than I do. But I also yeah, don't think it's great. a particularly strong name. But at the same point, Lies of P is probably better than Lies of Pinocchio. Because, again... <sighs> People are going to think of Pinocchio from Disney, and no matter what you do, you run into that situation. Now, Lies of P is kind of, it sounds like a symptom of an STD. (laughs) I'll tell you the coolest part of the trailer, though. When Geppetto comes up and he's like, hello, son. I was like, bro, this is sick. The way that it, just the way it was pulled off. I don't know. This looks great. It looks excellent. I agree. So tell me if I'm wrong. But I'm fairly positive we could skip all the way to Gotham Knights. I want to say one thing about Atlas Fallen. Okay. Specifically the Atlas Fallen. Watch the trailer for anybody who hasn't. Chris, did you watch it or did you skip it? No, I skipped I, I'm it. only curious. Can you, can you just skip to like and watch a 20-second segment of it? The reason is... I actually don't think it looks terrible, but you know what it looks like? It looks so unoriginal because of the fact that it looks like you just took oh, this is the Unreal Assassin's Creed Engine. Origins. Eh, think for a second while you're continuing to watch it, if you are. Do it yeah. at 1.5 speed. That's what I did. It helps get through it quicker. Um, it looks like if somebody slightly copied the uh, copied and slightly changed things from the Unreal Engine 5 demo that they showcased. Yeah, of the girl that. running through the the little ruins and then coming down and then attacking stuff as she's jumping down. It looks like that. I didn't really love the surge, and this is from Deck 13, the people behind the surge. Eh. I'm not it's not a yes or a no, but it's a fantasy action RPG. Does that mean it's also like the surge gonna be a souls like in in terms of how it plays? I mean, I dude, it just it just looks like Darksiders slightly edgier with you know assassin's creed it's i don't know looks it looks fine i might play it but yeah i think i agree i don't care about genshin impact personally star rail i i don't know about that one i'm still curious as to whether star rail is a kind of game i would like i think the characters and stuff look interesting within it but not i didn't care now i am surprised that you wanted to skip past high on life yeah i don't care about that game not, really? Let me, let me rephrase. Not, it's not that I don't care about the game. It's that I'm going to play it. Didn't feel the need to watch it. You know, it's like I don't care. I about think that's fair. I'm going to play that. 
I thought the game in the tra- the initial launch trailer already or announcement trailer already showed me what I needed to see about that game. But in watching this, it just further doubled down that this game is taking the ideas from uh, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath and <clears throat> taking them to the next level. Uh, I am a little curious how guns and weapons that can talk to you the entire game depending on the length of the game is going to work and how they're going to balance them not being too chatty, but being just chatty enough to be funny, but not ever so chatty that they start to wear on you mm-hmm. and you start to find the whole thing unfunny. I'd be very curious because so in a way the Rick. guns being the, yeah, yeah, the guns and the, the gun and the knife being alive Kind of take on the idea of, I don't know if you've played Stranger's Wrath, a uh, great game, but you use live ammo. So that means whenever you run out of ammo, you've got to go and hunt down these creatures that you're going to use to do the rest of the things you're doing. And I love that. It makes for a really interesting gameplay loop. I think it makes the guns and whatnot more unique, what happens with them unique. This idea is similar to that, but they talk. The, the live ammo in Stranger's Wrath didn't talk. It make little noises when you're reloading and stuff. But that's a lot different than constantly having... I don't even know Russian Rick or whatever the voice of his knife is. And then uh, space gun Morty. I love Justin Roiland and I love Rick and Morty. I do think the only problem I have is that he tends to lean on those voices because of how recognizable they are too often. Yeah, I agree. Maybe he's just not as good as Seth MacFarlane. I I think he's funnier than Seth MacFarlane. I'm just talking about voices. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Fred, are you going to play Gotham Knights? Oh, okay. We run into uh, we run into a weird thing here. Um, I don't think so. Wow. But this is the closest I've gotten to thinking maybe I should. All right. I like that. I mean, I'm going to play it regardless because I have Batman tattooed on my arm. But Well, here's the thing. If you're playing it and it's co-op as they're saying, I'll play it for sure. All right. Then we're playing it. Gotham Knights. If it wasn't something we were going to be playing together and I was going to be playing it by myself. You wouldn't do it. There was It was a harder sell. But I think villains and their ability to do I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I do think that for anybody that played Batman Arkham Origins, it's a solid Arkham game. Is it as good as any of the other uh, Rocksteady Arkham games? No. But it's really good, and I think they did a good job. And if they carry some of that, I don't, I don't call it know-how, but if they carry that same energy of wanting to impress players of a known franchise into this, not that this is an Arkham game, but they know that they're going to be dealing with a similar fan base, I think that they can nail this. But the only reason I think this trailer kind of sells me is because it focuses on the villains, which I think are always the most interesting part of Batman. Of course. Uh, which is on purpose. The problem is, is every time that they've shown me gameplay from the other side of it, something always seems slightly off about it. And it's it could just be that it's not showing well in a trailer. But yeah, if you're playing it, I'm willing to play it. Cool. Uh, yeah. I thought the, uh, well, real quick, I want to back yeah, up to the word, to word song announcement only yeah. because, Oh yes. I think that, did you end up watching it? Did you go back and watch it? Yeah, it's I very it. vague. It's super cryptic. It's got an interesting art style. It says something about an eye and then you see this blue swirl open up. I think that it does exactly what a good CGI trailer should do, which is, this is clearly not the game, 
but it maybe is trying to reference some of the art style and give you an expectation. It's short, super short, stylized enough to be unique and make you wonder. And it's vague enough that the mystery draws you in. If you're going mm-hmm. to do a CGI trailer, this needs to be it. I think the Dune CGI trailer was ultimately bad because I know enough about Dune. And if I didn't know enough about Dune, it didn't make me tell wonder. you anything about Dune. Yeah, oh. it didn't bring up anything that would make me go, what the hell? Weird sky thing. Uh, no. Also this, because but- even the sandworm, Dune is so known that you know about the sandworms almost undoubtedly, even if you've never seen Dune. Absolutely. For me, the most interesting part of this trailer was the first uh, 11 seconds when it says, from industry veterans that brought you Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, Dragon Age Inquisition, Fallout 4, The Outer Worlds. Yeah, Uh, Let's see, one, two, three, four, five of those six games are some of my favorite games of all time. So yeah, yeah. Give it a shot. I mean, that's, dude, that's a killer list. So I have high hopes for that. I think that looks really cool. Hopefully Uh, the guy who wrote the outer worlds is writing this one <laughs> you know i helped out with the <laughs> writing because oh dad i need I'm, water fuck you i'm gonna say something <laughs> that's probably and I, i'll tell you this as somebody who didn't watch the full trailer because it lost my interest kind of early on where wind uh, where winds meet just looks like cheap goes to tsushima Oh, I didn't even watch it. It didn't look, seem cool I, at all. I don't even know how to describe I don't even mean that in necessarily in a bad way. That's actually kind of flattering because I think Ghost Team is a good-looking game. Uh, and stylistically, I think there's some cool stuff. But yeah, this looks a lot like Ghost of Tsushima meets maybe even Sekiro, but not quite as polished. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I don't know, it's from a new Chinese developer, or at least one I've never heard of. But it carries like this. Uh, what would I call this? Almost like a Dynasty Warriors slash Neo style look to it, where the kind of looks a little more Japanese and a little more plastic uh, with the way they choose to animate their faces out, kind of like something from Team Ninja. Which isn't, I actually don't mean that as a bad thing. The fact that I've never heard of this dev and they're kind of getting close to a somewhat iconic style is not a bad thing. But, eh. Uh, anyway, you watched the Kojima podcast thing, so I'm going to let you go ahead and do that. I want to tell you right now, I like Kojima's games. I don't care about his podcast, to be honest with you. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it, listen to it, whatever. I'm I'm gonna listen to it because I think the dude is interesting. But I think there's like a misconception about Kojima, and I feel like he's just like a very normal dude who became an author totally. and he just does totally. normal dude shit. Like if you look at his Twitter, I don't he's not like the freaking president. He's like nope. I, I I rewatched Venom today. Like, that's what Kadeo Kojima posts on Twitter. Like, he's an interesting 100%. guy. I'd love to hear him do a one-off show about making video games. That would be awesome. But I don't know. This seems yeah. like the kind of podcast that's that. going to get really big. And it's gonna, he's going to half the time he's going to be talking about, you know, what he ate for breakfast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would agree in the grand scheme of... This probably does a lot to help him for the people that view him in this godlike status for some reason, which I don't really understand. He's going to make buku bucks off this, but uh, which is good though, because I think you're exactly right. If it, for anybody that hasn't spent the time, Kojima is clearly just a normal dude who just likes creating. Right. That's it, <laughs> right. and he's just kind of eccentric with it. And definitely for us English audience who are a little more, I'm gonna be honest. English audiences are easier to win over with quirky Japanese things because they may not even be quirky outside of... It's not quirky. It's only quirky. 
it's only quirky to us because we're not familiar with the culture. And the reason I even say that, and it's not that it's not true across the board, but like, do you, do you remember how much the internet and everybody fell in love with uh, the original creative director yes. for Ghostfire Tokyo who ended up leaving? And don't yes. wrong, incredibly cute, quirky. I mean, she just had a good stage presence. Smash. She was... <laughs> <laughs> Also, yes. Um, but the point being that I understand why she got so big, but a lot of it was also just that for a lot of people, she was this quirky Japanese girl. And the culture differences between these things end up coming off the exoticness of it, which is natural. People are drawn to things that don't feel familiar to them. And so language barriers and things like that can sometimes be, can sometimes make you more sympathetic towards something. So you, I think people wanted her to do well more because she came out there kind of in a vulnerable state in this cute little persona. And it, it just had her heart on her sleeve. And that effect, I think, applies to Kojima as well. If you look, almost every time he talks, he's just kind of like, oh, hey, I like movies. I want to make yeah. uh, a game that's kind of movie-like. And I think characters are cool. Uh, Venom's an all right movie. Here's where I Great think movie. it's cool. Here's where I think it's bad. <laughs> you know I mean, look, it's this is a hot take, and I really don't want to get into a thing about it. Kojima is a very pretentious man who says a lot of things that are incredibly shallow but feel very deep. That's all I have to say about it. Do you know why? Because people take everything he says and analyze it through a lens of, this is a godlike creator, it's got to be deep. And I think half the time, what he's saying, he doesn't even mean for it to be deep. I think people Dude, are just looking at Metal him Gear like, Solid, what's the meaning? From everything I've played of Metal Gear, it is literally just war bad. But everyone is like... No, there's so much more to it. I'm sure there's more to it. I mean, yeah, there's, there's themes. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's war purpose, bad. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's war bad, though. Like, yeah, in the end, it's war bad. That's the overarching theme that matters. And if you pick that up, then you got the primary gist of what the series doesn't, is trying doesn't to doesn't matter portray. if you're a war hero, country betrays you, war villain. That's like the whole arc of the thing. That's the whole arc. War hero, war villain. Maritime law. That's Metal Gear in three, <laughs> in three words. <laughs> Anyway, I think the last thing we really How, need to talk describe about Describe Metal Gear Solid in three words. <laughs> I'm right, though. Maritime law. <laughs> that is... <laughs> you know, not three words, but three phrases. Yes. Yeah, that, so, that's funny. So Dying Light, or, or Dead Island 2, right? That's really the last thing? Outlast um, infestation looked fine, but... I think you should watch Black Tail of Witch's Fate. Not because I think it's going to be like a knockout of the park amazing, but I think it looks like one of those little games that has just enough uniqueness to it. And it's going to be presented in a way where it looks like it's not trying to be open world. It's going to be a little bit more uh, linear driven alongside it, where while still having some openness to it, I think this looks really cool. And I it think it cool. has the potential to be something fun. And again, not a 10 out of 10. This looks like a solid 7 out of 10 that I would rave about for the rest of the year because it just hits a certain note that most games don't. It does have gameplay. That's cool. It has some Fable vibes to it, to me. See, Classic for me, it was giving Fable. me that. It does have Fable vibes, but at the beginning, I was getting Deadly Premonition vibes, which... I also actually can see that. Uh, if any of these games of a, looked as good as Deadly Premonition, I would be in. I would be so much happier. <laughs> I think I think Blacktail, um, a witch's fate looks real, or Blacktail is what it's called, uh, or I guess it is Blacktail, a witch's fate. My bad. Looks great. I think it looks. I'll really give it cool. a more than happy to give it a shot on Game Pass. Phantom Hellcat looks interesting because 
again, you probably skipped it. The fact that it's a mix between like a top down and pulling the camera behind you, but then also going side scroller. I think it's going to be like a a, a very interesting take on a Metroidvania where you're constantly seeing your camera shift. And that could be cool. It just depends on how they do it. Yeah. uh, I mean, I'll check it out. It didn't interest me. I skipped literally from, I think, uh, the expanse all the way down to yeah. The, the next thing, the next thing for me would be Dead Island. I think Dead Island too is the big thing. Now I'm going to start this off with my. Uh, I don't even call it a hot take. I'm just going to be honest. No matter how good this game ends up being, no matter how good the gameplay looks, another CGI trailer at the beginning. I'm glad they showed gameplay, but the fact that they did not only a CGI trailer and then gameplay, we've seen the CGI trailer ten years ago. It's a relaunch, though. I feel like that's a little it's harsh. It's nine years ago. But look, when you're doing this on a game that many people thought were dead, a, a lot of people thought this game was never going to make it. Me being one of them. Now, of course, because of somebody who listens to the show, we kind of knew that that wasn't completely the case. I knew it was still actively being worked on as far as he was aware, and I'm glad. I don't want any project to just wither away and die if there's something that's really great there. And if this game has anything of value to it, I'm glad that it still got to be made. But I don't think the way you come back for this is to do that. I think the way that you come back to this for me is that you blow people away by immediately going into gameplay. You don't, you just, you show gameplay, you make people go, wait a minute. This looks kind of like Dead Island. And then at the end, you go, Dead Island 2. And you have a release date, day one. Oh, you have a release date as soon as you reannounce it. And you hit that date. And I think that's how you make people. That's how you break down and get past the fact that people have that feeling of, is this game good? Can it live up to this 10-year development cycle? Whether or not it's been actively in development for 10 years doesn't matter. Uh, it's, you ha- you're still carrying the weight of a game that's been announced way too early and is just now coming out. I hope the game's good, but I think that they could have marketed it a little different. Chris, have the floor. I think you may disagree a little or a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that's kind of harsh. It's like you said, the game was dead for nine years. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like they could have gotten away with just a CGI trailer. I feel like having a gameplay trailer kind of removes everything you're talking about because it introduces people to the game, and then two minutes later, they're showing gameplay of it. So they did show a gameplay trailer. This is just a four minute trailer. So like, I don't oh, really I, see the again. I I ultimately agree that. For me, and I think I'm if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly, I think if they just showed a CG trailer again, that'd have been bad. The fact that this was CG followed by gameplay works. I I still think ultimately CG was redundant and not necessary, and the real way to do it is just to immediately go into gameplay and but this show also, without having to worry about resetting anything up. But it also does look completely different than the old CGI trailer. Like I don't know, I don't really see that argument at all personally because like i said by doing these together this is just a five minute trailer kind of talking about what they should have shown the cgi trailer doesn't make sense i just think they showed a long trailer and they just split it up in two on youtube i don't see the issue personally okay so i'm I'm actually going to come from even looking at it that way right where you do both of them I still personally think the right way to have done this would have been to do the gameplay trailer first, then show Dead Island 2, and then show the CG trailer that sets up more of the story. Personally, I think that's going to transfer better for people who have thought this game had those feelings than starting with a CG trailer that might... And I mean, you're still subverting potential expectation because if if you show the CG trailer first, like if I had been watching this live 
and they showed the CG trailer first, I'd have thought, oh, cool, they're re-announcing it, but of course, no gameplay. And then, bam, they followed up with gameplay, which is good. Much better than just doing a CG trailer. <laughs> but I think that if they came out with gameplay, I looked at it, I was like, man, this looks interesting. And then, bam, Dead Island 2. And then you show me the CG stuff that's pertaining to the story. I just feel like you set me up in a better way because you don't even tell me it's Dead Island 2 until I've already been potentially, hopefully, impressed by the gameplay. Then you lay it on me that this is indeed Dead Island 2. Then you pull me into the the lore and the story and everything. And I think this is just clearly me saying what I think would make would work best for me. But I also think, generally speaking, I would be curious to see if a lot of people would agree <sighs> in this what-if scenario. Now, it is a what-if scenario, so I don't really think it's something that's going to be easy to see. But audience, you can feel free to chime in however you see fit and see if... Uh, Give your thoughts on how it was shown, and uh, if you feel like one way would have been other than uh, better than the other. Um, but I know that that does bring Gamescom to an end. So, Chris, any final thoughts on Game Gamescom as a whole? Because I think really the way to end this show off um, is going to be to put it back into the, the hands of the listeners and say, you know, how did you like Gamescom? What was your standout highlight moments? I mean, like I said, if I had watched it, I might have a different sense. But from the trailers, it seemed like some cool stuff. I think I think realistically I might have been kind of salty if I watched this whole thing, but I didn't, so I'm fine with it. It was all it all seems cool, even the stuff I don't yeah, care it, about seems like it exists. You know what I mean? It it depends on the cadence in which it was done, because if it's like the Game Awards where it's constantly been being interrupted by dumb shit that I don't care about, if I'm being honest, then I'd kind of be more in that sense of like, and again, I know everyone's different. So this is strictly talking from my <clears throat> preference, but like I always hate when they're suddenly like, I know we're in the middle of giving game awards, but guess what, guys? We've got Matchbox 20 playing a song, okay? <laughs> I don't, ultimately, I don't care. The Brother. closest you got me to caring was when they had, um, they had the Doom soundtrack being played live with Matt Halpern from Periphery doing the drums live alongside the, the dude on guitar. Uh, I thought that was cool, partially because, of course, I'm biased by the fact that I love metal. I love the Doom soundtrack. It's amazing. Uh, and I just thought that if you're going to have music, it at least makes sense to have the music be game-related. Um, it's better than that time that they had the Race Some Red or whatever, Eardrummers Backwards. I, I, I hate saying that band name because I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Is it Eardrummers Backwards, Shremond? Yeah. That's, yeah, that band that has... Right. Uh, that girl's a real Smurf penis. That's how I sing that song. I know it's not the <laughs> lyrics, but it just makes me laugh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think that's it for me, man. I mean, I think Gamescom was good. I agree that, or at least I, I agree that I might feel differently. I can't tell if I'd feel better or worse uh, if I had watched it as a standalone event. Because I do think that when you're watching something as a string of something that's put together, there's expectations on that somebody was mindful of the cadence and flow of the information, the show and having pockets of exciting announcements that are a little bit more big and known. And then pockets of little lesser known things that still could be interesting. And then how you weave those two together. Um, but overall, I'm going to say Gamescom was, was good. Um, and I'm curious to see since there was a big lack of Sony stuff here, if this new rumor about the Sony showcase has any weight, but, uh, Spoiler, I doubt it because I'm getting tired of hearing these rumors about Sony showcases. 
More importantly, as I say, that since Sony wasn't here in any real way besides the controller, I think that there might be a Sony showcase in the remaining months of this year. That's all. I, that's all I'll say. It seems like a September eighth, baby. We'll see. Chris was also the one the last time just absolutely swore on what what date was it? Chris, April, the one March? I made up. It was July, <laughs> but. Oh, can I confess something at the end of this three-hour podcast? Go for it. What is your confession? So, confess to me, my son. A long time ago, we did fake leaks, and I, I just want oh. to clear the air that I was Sony Fan sixty nine, and nobody accused me of it ever. Sony Fan sixty nine is that? You? Oh yeah, the uh, the that the was God of War thing. The, yeah, and the fake yeah, I, the I, fake leaks. I had a feeling it was you or Saul, actually. I did. I mean, technically, I accused both of you. But no, you never did. I've listened, I listened to that show recently. You or well, no, no, no. You not, and Saul not on accused the episode, each other. But, yeah. No, I don't know that you okay. did because it just kind of died. Right. And then I you started right. like... You're, you're so new to the show yeah. at the time that it might have just been that I was like, ah, I wouldn't be Chris. I mean, I was also, in hindsight, that sounds like you. I was also like using that account in the Discord, like chatting with people, but also I, and there was a point where I was on my laptop, on my regular account, talking so to myself on. on Sony Fan. Yes, and it would show both of us online. Like I, I went hard on Sony Fan 69, and I feel like I'm happy a year you. later, it's time for me to admit that it was me. <laughs> Well, a year later, you're also wrong on the release date that you tried guessing. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be curious going back how much of that stuff I was event- I've eventually been right about. <laughs> you should go look. You never know, fascinated. Chris. We'll maybe see. Sony fan. Maybe Sony fan sixty nine needs to make a return. What is? Yeah. <laughs> you need a new fake leak. <laughs> I mean, I the believe thing in is, you, Chris. Now, You've got now this. that I've told everyone. Will anyone suspect me of the next one? Or will everyone suspect me of the next one? So you have to do the fake leak. <laughs> mm. Subverting expectations. Let me put my Ryan Johnson hat on real quick. What does a uh, French Mario use to tell the future? Mm. French Mario. Yeah, French Mario. Don't know. His Luigi board. Anyway, thank you for listening to this three-hour games. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, they call the Ouija board. So, so Luigi board. <laughs> Luigi board. Luigi. Yeah. Anyway, okay. yes, as I was that, saying, yeah, you got you got to sell it, man. Come on. Good oh, lord. Well. All right. Go ahead, it Chris. Was the, you were. You, <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for listening to this large episode of Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. Uh, big boned. <laughs> yeah, gar, I'm going to go with gargantuan. I like that word a lot. If you're listening on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share, comment, algorithm stuff. Um, <laughs> you can give us money if you like hearing whatever the hell this was <laughs> at patreon.com slash nartech I did for the record Brett I hope we'll do what I you'll follow my little thing there we will probably be putting a little skip to here if you don't want to hear all the food chat 
Uh, yeah, I think we can point. get away with that. I don't know why I said that at the end of the three-hour show. I just said I mean, at the beginning. But maybe you can cut this little section and move it to the front. It'll just be me dancing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dancing? That looked like you were jerking two dicks that are off screen. <laughs> okay, this is what you can cut it. But Chris, you do realize that I have un- I have clear footage of you doing that. that I have what? free reign with. Yeah, go for go it. Skip to one hour and 23 seconds for video game covers. For video game I'm not promising that I'm doing this, so uh, (laughs) it depends on how much time I have to edit this show and get it up within a reasonable time. We'll see what happens. Chris, you may just have done that dance for nothing, and that is priceless. (laughs) If you'd like to follow us on Twitter. I am at Figs21K. Brett is at Triangle Chris, put down SQRC. your invisible shake weights. Put them down, sir. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's the Facebook group is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast, I think, right? That's the whole thing. That's right. Brett yeah. will let if you If you're listening in. on podcast services, give us a review. Let people know what you like about the As show, what you the, don't like uh, about the show. Let your wife listen to the show and then hear yeah. the dumb shit that we say. And ergo become a fan because that's how it works we don't make the rules if you're still here we're not going to make this a community's take but i would like someone to send in their scenario of the best way to kill hitler without being implicated uh i think that's it you can join us next week for (laughs) lucky episode what what is it 263 how would you you be implicated chris How would you be implicated with the knowledge that we have about forensics and the lack of knowledge that they have on forensics in 1940, 30, 20, whatever it is? Well, maybe First they of all, keep baby Hitler would be like what 1900? <laughs> no, for I mean maybe around there. You were about to make me Google <laughs> what year? <laughs> 1889, baby. All right, perfect. So there's no electricity, so I'll just throw them in a fire. Um, join us next week for what episode? They, number they is walk this? up. They walk up to a pool of baby blood, and they're like, "That's gross." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They don't even Yuck. know whose blood it is. They're like, "Hmm." Anyway, Chris, what, this has no, been episode, episode two seventy four. So join us next week for Lucky two seventy five. Goodbye, everybody. What a show. <laughs> Guys, we like to round the show, to, show off by uh, showing support for our patrons. So without further ado, we would like to thank our patrons. Not only our newest patron, Mr. Stingray X, who gives a dollar per month, just like you can, but also it's a sin to win, a.k.a. Sean, Awesome Dave 1337 Aztec King, Lechion69, The Lord Corgi, Salvador Garcia, Hamadegger, Bailey Robertson, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days 93, Kevin Bacon Bits, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi MD, No Fate, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you, Chad, and one of you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>